What's up, guys? It's the phenomenal AJ Styles. You're listening to the Two Man Power Trip. Chad and John, the Two Man Power Trip. That's uh, that's an awesome uh, name for yourselves. Good. How you doing, Chad? Hey, John. Cool, man. What's going on? We ready to go or what? This is Ricky the Dragon Steamboat. This is Scotty Riggs, and you're listening to the Two Man Power Trip of Wrestling. Hey, man. What's up, guys? This is Homicide. Oh, that's my homie. Homicide with a big homie club. Yeah, that would be it. <laughs> hey, this is David Penzer, and this is the Two Man Power Trip of Wrestling. Well, thank you. Thank you. Hear me. Fear me. What's going on, guys? This is a 7-foot, 330-pound DNA of TNA. That's right. My DNA is outer space. And you're listening to the two-man power trip of professional wrestling. You know, I, I don't do many wrestling shows anymore, probably because I'm a bit ignorant. You guys probably know 10 times more than I do. Great talking to you guys. It's been your pleasure. <laughs> They've worked in and around the wrestling business. They've studied thousands of hours of wrestling, and now they bring to you the greatest legends, Hall of Famers, creative minds, and both current and future stars of pro wrestling. They are Primetime Pod and Chad, the two-man power trip of wrestling. The two-man power trip of wrestling brought to you today and powered by our very own and brand new ProWrestlingTees.com t-shirt store. Head on over to ProWrestlingTees.com and get your official two-man power trip of wrestling t-shirt only and exclusively at ProWrestlingTees.com and a little bit more about that later on in the show. But first, my name is Chad and as always, I'm joined by my tag team partner, Primetime John Paz and John, let's get right into it. We're joined today by somebody who is no stranger to tag team wrestling. He is a member of the TNA Impact Wrestling roster and a member of the tag team known as the Wolves. He is Davey Richards joining the show. And John, unfortunately, Davey is on the shelf with TNA Impact Wrestling, and we're going to get into all that in just a minute. But let's start first with where I know you want to start, and that is his run as the Ring of Honor World Heavyweight Champion. It's something that I know you were dying to talk about. You've got one of the most comprehensive list of notes when it comes to Ring of Honor superstars, and not to say you're, quote, a mark for Ring of Honor, but this guy, and I'm talking about you, Primetime, you are the man when it comes to Ring of Honor news, uh, Ring of Honor history, Ring of Honor champions, and, of course, Davey Richards being a former Ring of Honor champion, what are some of the best parts of his Ring of Honor title run that really stand out to you? Yes, Chad, you know what? One of the big-time topics that I couldn't wait to talk about, I was salivating like a wolf over the fact of talking to him about a certain topic, and that is, of course, his ROH title run, which is a legendary, of course. He had about a 320-plus-day run as champion. And while it was awesome, it was also mired with some controversy as far as um, the fans were concerned. It's always funny, and we do talk to Davey about it in the interview, it's always funny what happens with the Ring of Honor fans, and they're a little bit fickle. Usually a great crowd, better than most, but they are definitely fickle. And, of course, they wanted to win the title. They wanted to win the title. He wins it. Awesome moment. 
and then they kind of turn on you as it goes further and further, and then they want someone else to have the world title. I mean, they did it to Brian Danielson, they did it to Samoa Joe, they basically did it to every champ. They wanted to be the champ, wanted to be the champ, and then boom, they don't want you to be the champ anymore. So it's crazy that Davey Richards had a long run with the title that wasn't as loved by the fans as it should have been because it was just unbelievable the matches that he was having and everything he was able to do think about the matches obviously when he won the title best in the world 2011 against eddie edwards just unbelievable match that we get into in detail we even talk about him being knocked out in that match and how great of a wrestler eddie is that eddie was able to carry him for a bit but then we also talk about the rematch at final battle 2011 which was unbelievable over 40 minutes of hard-hitting stiff emotional action it was just one of those awesome matches that you're definitely always going to remember and then you cannot forget one of my favorite matches ever and a five-star match from Dave Meltzer it was Davey Richards defending the title against Michael Elgin at Showdown in the Sun which was awesome if you haven't seen that match go out of your way and watch that one I mean there's so many great Davey Richards matches but those are a couple that really really stand out especially as we're talking about his ROH title run which was quite Epic. When you think about the career of Davey Richards, you think about his tag team partner that he's been linked to for so many years, and that is Eddie Edwards in multiple iterations of the tag team in different promotions. But I think the old adage for the two of them could be good friends make better enemies. And not only are they an amazing tag team together, but they've had some of the greatest matches that I think you could really kind of pinpoint in the last, you know, 10 years of Ring of Honor that their feud might have been something that stood out in a darker period for Ring of Honor. And I know I could personally say that I actually started watching Ring of Honor after a little bit of a hiatus because of that feud that they had. And now that they are in TNA wrestling and they are making quite a name for themselves on that big national stage and on multiple networks. And we're going to get into that with Davey as well about TNA, but when you think about them together, you think about them separately, and it's kind of tough to do that since they are so successful as a team. But can you see TNA Wrestling getting behind a guy like Davey Richards and giving him that full-blown singles push or title run or really giving him the ball and making Davey Richards be that TNA Wrestling heavyweight champion? You know, he definitely could be a future world champion in TNA, and he definitely, I think, should be a future world champion in TNA as far as in-ring action, as far as getting the crowd behind him. This guy's got it all. If you ever really want to watch an excellent worker in his prime, go out there and watch some Davey Richards matches. You will love it. Now, if you want to talk about him as a tag team competitor, you talk about him with Eddie Edwards and the Wolves, first known as the American Wolves and obviously now in TNA as just the Wolves. He is utterly amazing in that team, and that team... Is just utterly amazing together. Because when you get two great workers, two guys that just know how you know know what they're doing in the ring, they know what they want to do, they know how to do it. He doesn't get much better than the Wolves. I mean, just think about their run as a tag team in in TNA right now. Apart from the awesome run that they had in Ring of Honor, where they faced all those amazing great tag teams like the Briscoes and the Bucks and and Red Dragon and everyone else. You think about their run in TNA, and they faced some big-time names, had some great matches against the Dudley Boys, the Hardy Boys, even recently against the Decay, the Revolution. I mean, it just goes on and on that these guys can just have awesome, amazing matches with pretty much anyone, anyone and everyone. So you just got to love 
the Wolves, not only as a team, but then I talked about it briefly before about their awesome matches in Ring of Honor. It's funny, I guess when you have such good chemistry as a team, it also makes you have such good chemistry one-on-one when you guys face each other in a feud. So that's really, really great. And if you you know, you want to watch two masters at work, either watch Eddie Edwards versus Davey Richards or you watch the tag team of the Wolves straight up dominate. Now, John, before we wrap it up here and get it on over to the interview, you know, you really got to digest a lot when you listen to it because there is a lot of information that comes your way. We really cover everything from top to bottom. And one thing that I love that really stood out to me was a connection to a past guest that we had, and that is that Davey Richards actually was trained in part by Mr. Wonderful Paul Orndorff. So we get a couple funny Mr. Wonderful Paul Orndorff stories, which, of course, if you go back and listen to that episode, you know how intense the guy is. You know how really seriously he takes it. So that hard-hitting style that Mr. Wonderful really encompassed passed on into the world of Davey Richards. But, John, is there anything else really that stands out to you from this interview that people are going to really shake their head and be like, wow, you know, Davey Richards is not only a multifaceted pro wrestling superstar, but he's got so much other stuff going on in his life that he really can do whatever he wants. And the world really is at his fingertips. In the interview, we go through a lot of great topics. I mean, he has some great NXT stuff, great NXT line about what Triple H said about how they had a lot of Eddie Edwards and Davey Richards in in NXT already and that they didn't want to bring them in because they already have all these great workers and blah, blah, blah. Well, that could be true, but I don't know if you have anybody down there quite as good as Davey or quite as good as Eddie. But he had a great positive line about it, and he was thinking um, very... Um, I don't know how else to say it, but he was very positive uh, about Triple H's line. I kind of took it more of a negative, but he spun it, and he put his great spin on it. And, you know, perhaps he was right in thinking about it, because sure, they have a lot of guys and this and that, but it worked out better for him. He did much better away from NXT without the restrictions. I mean, when he's in TNA, he's able to wrestle his kind of type of match. He could be stiff. He could be snug. He can lay in some heavy kicks. I mean, so maybe it worked out for the best. Obviously, with his wife and soon-to-be baby, it worked out for the best for them. And then, of course, thinking about his life away from wrestling in the medical field. So I don't think if you're in WWE or NXT, you're able to do all that. So that is just absolutely excellent that he was able to do that and kind of make himself better for it away from the WWE, which I always love to hear those stories. But another interesting story that came up, and it came up immediately because we do go in-depth into his injury, you know, when is his timetable to return? How is he feeling? How did he injure it? We go through the whole gamut of questions as far as his injury, and it was amazing to hear that his recovery time isn't what you think it is. So definitely stay tuned for the interview because it's being reported from Meltzer and this person, that person, that he's going to be out six to eight months, and he's saying that's not even close to true. So that is an awesome part of the story. And another funny thing that he brings up to you, Chad, is his saying that he's injury-prone and that he's really not and it's funny that people are saying that he had two injuries in tna but if you think about it and he talks about it in the interview he wasn't injured for years that whole rough roh run where you know everyone's getting hurt everyone's getting knocked out they're having the roughest toughest matches they can have in ring of honor and he was never hurt through that whole time so it's funny that he got labeled injury prone because of two kind of fluky injuries in tna that could have quite frankly happened to anybody so i 
don't tend to agree with the injury-prone stuff. I find it kind of laughable. He finds it kind of laughable, and it's quite silly, but it's a great story that we get into. And it's funny, um, I remember years ago being a big Yankee fan, they were saying Hideki Matsui at one point was injury-prone. The guy was basically an Iron Man before that, playing in thousands upon thousands of straight games without ever getting hurt, and that kind of made me think of Davey Richards. I mean, the guy fought for 10 years without getting hurt. Even maybe even a little bit longer than that. So it's just crazy to, to label the guy injury prone when he's absolutely clearly not. But he has an awesome story about that, and he has millions of other awesome stories. We go into a little bit of uh, medical questions, which are always quite funny and quite great. But he has great answers for that, and, and we definitely go into injuries, concussions, recovery, all that good stuff, as well as ROH, TNA, NXT. And everything in between. So you're really, really going to sit back and you're really, really going to enjoy this one. Absolutely. And John, let's not also forget the comments that Davey Richards makes about Daniel Bryan's retirement. And coming from him and somebody who's in the medical field, it's pretty interesting because, you know, we want to ask everybody the question about Daniel Bryan retiring because it hits home in such a delicate way because he's in the middle of his prime. He's in the middle of the best years of his career and unfortunately had to retire due to his injuries, and I know for somebody who has a style like Davey Richards to get his take on it was pretty interesting. And also, in a comical way, you mentioned Davey Richards' wife, Angelina Love. We get a brief cameo by Angelina Love talking about some of the things that she remembers as a fan growing up in Toronto, Canada, that Davey compares how he really wasn't the biggest wrestling fan growing up to his wife, who points out stuff that he really needs to go back and kind of learn his history on. And I think that's really cool. And, of course, we want to wish Davey Richards and Angelina Love the best of luck when it comes to their little bundle of joy that they will be welcoming to the world very, very soon. So best of luck to you from the two-man power trip of wrestling. And with all that being said, we want to remind you that today's episode is brought to you by ProWrestlingTees.com and the official two-man power trip of wrestling t-shirt store on ProWrestlingTees.com. But you also got to remember all of the great two-man power trip of wrestling friends that also have t-shirt stores on ProWrestlingTees.com, such as our man Kevin Thorne, the leader of the Bite Club, and today's guest, Davey Richards, who has a store on ProWrestlingTees.com, and Davey Richards' trainer, Mr. Wonderful Paul Orndorf. He also has a shop on ProWrestlingTees.com, so head on over there and support as many of us as you possibly can. And John, I'm going to hit him with a little bit of two-man power trip of wrestling business. Follow us on Twitter, at WrestlingPal, and at Two-Man Power Trip. Like us on Facebook at the official two-man power trip of wrestling Facebook page. Subscribe to us on iTunes. Subscribe to us on Player FM on the Android app. Subscribe to us on YouTube where you get episode previews, classic moments, and episode previews. And while you're at it, head on over to our website, tmptofwrestling.com. Again, that's tmptofwrestling.com. And on that website, you're going to find a link to book the man himself, Kevin Thorne, a.k.a. Mordecai, a.k.a. Kevin Fertig. You can find the email link in there. It's bookings at tmptofwrestling.com. Again, it's bookings at tmptofwrestling.com. And you can have the Bite Club coming to a town 
near you and John. Before we wrap it up and before you take us the rest of the way, we're also taking questions for Rene Dupree, Part 3, an uncensored Q&A with fan-submitted questions. No holds barred and anything goes. Again, it's bookings at tmptofwrestling.com or head on over to Twitter at Wrestling Pal and at Two Man Power Trip and send us some questions. The ones we've received so far are absolutely mind blowing, and it's going to be a hell of an episode for Rene Dupree, part three, coming soon. Now, John, take him the rest of the way and send it on over to your boy, Davey Richards. And now, without any further ado, a former Ring of Honor Tag Team Champion, a former TNA Tag Team Champion, a former Ring of Honor World Heavyweight Champion. He is the Lone Wolf. He is the American Wolf. He is Davy Richards. Please enjoy. <laughs> Well, joining us on the line today is somebody we're really excited to speak with tonight. He's a former Ring of Honor World Heavyweight Champion. He's a former Ring of Honor Tag Team Champion. And, of course, he's a former five-time TNA Tag Team Champion. He is one half of the tag team known as the Wolves. He is the great Davey Richards. Thank you so much for joining the two-man power trip of wrestling. Oh, thank you for having me. Oh, it's our pleasure, and I guess uh, the first thing we want to see is uh, just kind of want to check in and see how you're doing uh, following your injury and uh, having to leave the uh, the TNA tour and just want to catch up and see how are you feeling these days and uh, how is the progression getting back to uh, 100%? Uh, it's, it's, it's going well. I, I had surgery February 17th. Uh, I tore my left ACL. Um, so, um, and it's just kind of one of those things that, you know, it's, 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 it's weird. It's funny to see fans, uh, write and say that, you know, we're, me and Eddie are injury prone and it's kind of, it kind of displays, you know, their, their innocent, but obvious ignorance because it's weird. I've been wrestling. I mean, I, my whole sin ring of honor, I was never hurt and I never got hurt in Japan. And, um, it's weird. Just like the only two injuries I've ever had in wrestling, which is like breaking my leg, which was not a serious thing. It was a very Caroline little tiny fracture. Uh, and blowing my ACL is both just happened to happen within the span of one year. So it's like it's like you you take a twelve year career and then I've just gotten hurt twice. It just happened to be in the same year. So it's just kind of one of those things that you know it's it's um it was a long time coming. And to be honest, I'm kind of glad it happened. And I know it sounds weird, but there was a lot of things uh, wrong with my movement and like my body and. Um, not that I was, like, beat up, but just a lot of things were just off balance. I kind of predisposed myself to this injury. So knowing how predisposed I was to injury, I got off pretty lucky because I could have really done some very serious damage to my body with how imbalanced I was. Yeah, it's crazy. That is, uh, Those are two extreme injuries to get for somebody who didn't really have any kind of major problems. And I think it's fan conjecture that really – it gets the frustration out of everybody, whether it is a, a wrestler or the fans themselves, because to say somebody's injury-prone when you don't step through those ropes is uh, is kind of right. a hard thing to, to point the finger. 
But I think the nature right. of both is just the scary part of it. And as we look at injuries, especially to look at the WWE and see what they've gone through over the last year with injuries, yeah. how do you how did you protect yourself more from the ACL? You know, coming back from that, and like, you know, how did you favor that? And then maybe. You know, the other injury kind of come about if you're, you know, were you favoring anything at all, you know, during this last run? Um, boy, I mean, this question, I mean, especially asking me, it can get so complex because I'm, I'm a med student, so I'm, I'm my medical stuff is kind of my, my forte, you know. So, but um, basically, like, I'm trying to think how to explain this to this, everyone will be able to understand. I don't put anyone to sleep. Oh, please. Look at my wife. So basically, like, the, the body works like a car, you know. So I, I could have a car, and I could have, the, you know, the, the greatest engine and the most powerful engine there was, but if my transmission's horrible or my front axle or back axle is horrible or the driveline's terrible, the car is pretty much useless when it comes to racing. Uh, so let's consider racing like high-performance sports, which is what I've done. And people need to realize, too, as long as I've been professional wrestling for, you know, over 10 years, I also had 10 years prior of high-level amateur wrestling. Um, so a lot of years of wrestling um, – with no injury, um, because I've always been really, you know, really, really committed to, you know, sports science and sports medicine. But um, so when when my body's kinetic chain and kinetic chain is how the body works as one, it started with uh, when, when I was 10 years old, I, I had a hip replacement, which I should have this great, cool story from. Like I was fighting off these ninjas or doing backflips off the cliff, but I <laughs> off the ramp. Yeah, I should have this great story, but I literally went off a ramp that was like a foot tall and crashed my bike, and the bike was fine. I just happened to break my hip. But anyways, um, and then when I was 14, I had ankle reconstruction on my right ankle, uh, like like literally like right before I started, like right after I started amateur wrestling, and I, and I wasn't even wrestling. Um, <clears throat> so, uh, like, those things created long-term things that I learned to compensate, and then, like, through a, just a lot of wrestling. Just people, another thing people don't realize about my wrestling professional wrestling career is I've never taken time off. I've wrestled, you know, I've literally wrestled full time since the start. I've never, you know, just done a thing and then take a month off and then wrestle once a month. Like I've always been full time from the very start. So uh, a lot of like, not so much the wrestling, but like the long car rides and a lot of the long plane rides in Japan or to and from Japan, I should say, um, really created like tightness and, and kind of broke that kinetic chain. So I started favoring things and, and, and it's just, you know, the body is an amazing machine. It can compensate for so long. But when it finally breaks, it, it usually breaks hard, and mine just happened to break, in, you know, in front of people in the ring. But uh, you know, it's uh, it's it's good because you know I, I've really hooked up with some really high level trainers here, um, you know, because you know I don't have a ton of time left in professional wrestling, uh, but the time I have left, I want I really want to go out on top. So I've actually started working with uh, Nick Kirsten, and he's a guy who he trains uh, UFC light heavyweight champion, or I'm sorry, UFC lightweight champion Rafael dos Anjos, and. Fabricio Verdum, the heavyweight champ, and so I'm going out to California to, to train with him, and I'm also working with Dr. Lanil Mitchell, who works with a lot of pro sports athletes out in Pittsburgh. So I'm kind of spanning both coasts to just find the best, the best trainers and the best physical therapists. That I want to come back, and you know, I know is you know, and it's very flattering how great people have said I've been in the ring. I know I was really not living up to my potential um, the last year of wrestling, just just from my own body, placing the own limitations that I did on my body. So I really want to rectify that. Yeah, I mean, I'll join that crew uh, with saying you definitely, uh, you know, still being a fan of what you do, you you, you definitely look great from my perspective. So, uh, I mean, that shows how good you are at uh, at your job. But, you know, it's kind of funny. We said the same thing to AJ Styles, 
after he was removed from the uh, one of his last New Japan tours about his back. And that's that flight back from yeah. Japan to the United States. And, you know, when you have a back injury, obviously being stationary is kind of, uh, kind of dreadful. Oh. But now you being in another country and injuring your leg, how is that getting back? I mean, that must have been some sort of experience that you never had before. You know, it, you know, the only problem I had was one of humility. Um, because um, everyone on the TNA tour, uh, especially, you know, like, like Rafael Morietti and, uh, and Brian and Earl Hebner uh, were just the, the nicest people. You know, Brian literally wheeled me around the entire, you know, airport down in London. And, you know, Rafael made sure I got out there. And, you know, Josh Matthews made sure to check on me. And, like, everyone was so absolutely, you know, and, and John Gaburik made sure he came right back and made sure everything was taken care of. And, you know, and, and, and the, the flight was nice enough. The flight back on Virgin Atlantic uh, was nice enough to give me a road to myself so I could kind of prop my leg up. And it just sucked because it was like, you know, just, you know, I'm a very proud person. You know, I'm a wrestler and a firefighter and a paramedic. And all of a sudden now I'm so crippled. My wife's having to wheel me around in the airport in a wheelchair when I land in St. Louis. And it's just kind of humiliating, you know what I mean? But, you know, it's. Yeah, it, it was what it was, man. I mean, I, I, I could have been coming home, you know, paralyzed, you know what I mean? So it could always, it could always be worse. Or I could have not came home at all. So it could have been very worse, uh, very much worse. Yeah, definitely. And uh, it could have been. And thank God, you know, it wasn't. And now you're back on uh, U.S. soil. But the tour itself was kind of interesting because, yeah. you know, you guys, it's, it's, it's prepped so far in advance. I mean, the tickets are on sale for nearly a year. TNA does such great business in the U.K., but it also was mirrored with Kurt Angle's leaving of TNA. So it must have been crazy emotions yeah. just from the crew's sake of having Angle depart. You're injured, and it's such a big thing for TNA. What was, that, uh, what was the feeling with Kurt departing from TNA on this tour and the, you know, the severity of losing both yourself, you know, the injury, and then a guy like Kurt in the locker room? Um, I, I think, you know, obviously we didn't know I was going to be leaving the tour. I mean, luckily I got hurt on the last day. Um, so, um, so my work was done. Um, but as far as Kurt, I, I don't, I mean, as far as I'm concerned, it was one of gratitude because, you know, when, when you really truly care for someone, you know, like how that locker room cares for Kurt and Kurt cares for that locker room, that it's, 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 it's always sad to see him go from a fan perspective, but if you really love someone, you know, he's got to do what's best for him, his family and his body. And, it, you know, he's, He's done all he needs to do, and uh, he, need, he needs to go and be with his family and heal up. And you know, it's uh, you know he, he's the one guy. You know, I, I really wanted to wrestle. I didn't get that chance, and that really sucks. Um, but that's, you know, that is the way it is. But you know, like I did, and as it's going to play out, he did give me a very special gift, um, which you know people will see soon. So uh, you know, I, I was you know sad to see him go, but you know, I you know, it's uh, it's for the best. You know, I can't be selfish. You know, so you got to do what's best for him. Yeah, he's definitely a very special individual, a very special asset, especially to that TNA roster. But i got to say, the TNA roster really uh, has taken quite a great shape over the last couple of months and the expansions of adding a couple of guys here and there. But one guy I think that really has kind of taken off is Drew Galloway. And what, what about him now being in that role of one of those you know, top singles guys, whereas we all saw him in the WWE kind of get the, you know, get the shaft when it came to certain things, and now he's getting that chance to take off. What's your uh, what's your view on Drew Galloway taking that top spot now as we're uh, going further into 2016? Yeah, I don't I, – I didn't know what he did in WWE just because I don't 
I don't I don't have I don't have you know cable. Well, actually, I think that actually I lied. I take that back. We literally we literally got cable today. Um, <laughs> hey, babe, dude, is that, is that cable that we got? Direct TV. I don't know what the hell it is. Um, but anyways, uh, but anyways, I don't watch anything. Um, so I don't know what he did in WWE, but since he's been in TNA, he's a great guy, man. I mean, he, he goes hard in the ring. You know, he's got that physical style that I love him. Um, so, I mean, I have nothing but positive things to say about him. The guy works his ass off. He's, you know, completely, um, he's very, very committed, um, to his craft, to professional wrestling, to TNA. He's definitely a team player, and, uh, yeah, I've always had, uh, just, uh, nothing, nothing but good experiences with him, so, you know, I'm very glad to, uh, have him uh, on the team. Now, obviously, TNA Impact Wrestling has moved to Pop TV now, and our friend of the show, Mike Johnson, who writes for BW Insider, was saying that, you know, a lot of people don't know this, but TNA episodically is one of the best shows on TV that nobody's watching. What has your experience been like with the new, you know, being on the new network of Pop TV? Uh, it's been it's been fine with me. Um, you know, I mean, it's uh, I came in at the very end of the Spike TV, so I really don't know. I mean, it seems that long before, or maybe right before, I don't know. Um, me and Eddie got there is when. TNA had kind of left a bad taste in people's mouths, um, you know, which is unfortunate, but, you know, I had nothing to do with that. I really don't, you know, don't want to and, and, and simply just don't know the whole circumstances behind that because, it, you know, it just kind of is what it is. But uh, and the Destination America thing started off really good, but they just kind of, you know, they, I thought they just thought pro wrestling, not just TNA, but all the pro wrestling on their channel was going to do gangbusters. And when they saw that it wasn't, they just kind of turned their back on pro wrestling. So then, uh, you know, us getting with Pop, they've been, you know, very, you know, they've done everything they say they're going to do, and they've been, you know, very gracious to us. And it's, it's been smooth sailing, and you know, and so I'm, I, it's been an absolute positive experience for me personally. Uh, but the thing with me is, I'm probably the best person to ask because, you know, <clears throat> teenage has been a positive experience for me. You know, I haven't, you know, I wasn't there during, you know, what people say like the dark times, like Bischoff and Hogan, and then what's what other people say was dark times with Vince Russo. And our, everyone has their own personal dark time. Well, I didn't experience any of that. You know, I was, you know, in Ring of Honor in Japan. So uh, it, it's it's been all good for me, you know. So, uh, and it's just a, you know, continuation of that. So it's, you know, I'm happy. Definitely, and a lot of people would say the Wolves have been the best part of TNA since, you know, since your debut, since your arrival, and it was kind of a, an interesting way to debut you guys with the whole MVP, Dixie Carter, you know, investor storyline. Is that kind of a, like a good way for you to be debuted, so to speak, within the company, you think? You know, it's funny. At the time, I didn't think so because, I mean, all I do for my whole career up at that point was just, well, let's put us in the ring and we'll wrestle, put us in the ring and we'll wrestle. <clears throat> and that's the answer everyone was, was expecting too. And, and you know, like that just shows how was, I just knew one side of of the wrestling business because you know it's kind of one of those things. Like, yeah, it's like you know, yeah, we'll put you in the ring, you'll go out there and you'll have a great match, and no one will be surprised. Like, yeah, it's the Wolves. They always have great matches. Let's try to show another side of the Wolves. You know, what I mean, which I thought they did really well when when, I, when we first came in. You know, and and you know, in doing that, that gave us something to add on to to the. Uh, the wrestling um, that we were, you know, that we could perform and, and, and we were comfortable with. So um, at the time, I didn't get it, just, and that's my ignorance. Uh, but looking back now, you know, um, you know, I, I was really, really thankful. That was really cool. Yeah, definitely. I feel like you guys there, no matter who they put you in the ring with, whether it's like Bromans or whether whether it's the Hardy Boys, you guys always put on the best matches. But 
you guys have been fortunate enough to work with some, you know, pretty good guys as well. So what was it yeah. like being in there with the Hardy Boys? Because that was a very unique feud and very cool, and, and it was almost like, you know, they were showing you, like, these guys can not only go and have great matches, but they can have great matches with these high-level, top, you know, quote-unquote famous stars. Yeah, um, the the match with the Hardys was um, what was uh, it, it was it surprised me how it just it's kind of one of those things just it all just came together. I mean, those two guys, it, you would never, I don't think maybe they don't know, or you would never think that they knew how famous they were when you put together a match with them because they're so they're so giving, you know what I mean? And you know they just want to make you know everyone look good and they're very unselfish and. You know, and Jeff Hardy literally had zero disregard for his own, or zero regard for his own body. Uh, so it's you know it's uh, it was a lot of fun working those guys and very very easy and you know they they carry a certain aura about them it just adds to you know the the electricity of the match and that was really cool and um you know we were thankful for getting put in that position you know we were thankful we delivered and you know it was uh it was just a win win for everyone. What kind of relationship did you have with the Hardy Boys or, or maybe? just uh, strictly on a professional level, or do you, you know, are you friendly with them outside of the ring as well? Uh, J- Jeff, Jeff Hardy is a lot like me. He kind of, he's just, he's very, like, quiet and just kind of keeps to himself. Like, not disrespectful by any means, but he's just, he's very quiet and keeps to himself. Uh, you know, and I can totally relate to him the same way. Uh, <clears throat> I met Matt uh, when cause he was coming in the Ring of Honor uh, my last year there, and you know he was cool then. And then we got you know saw each other in Tina. I think we saw each other a couple of indies too. Like he's always been really really cool. And you know like he was one of the guys you know checked in on me when I got hurt. And <clears throat> super super cool guy. Um, so you know no like you know personal uh, relationships as far as we're not friends outside of ring. Obviously because they live in North Carolina and I live in Missouri. But you know uh, but you know very friendly guys. You know uh, awesome people. And obviously, you know, with the Hardys comes the Dudleys as well, Team 3D. You guys had a unique little feud with them as well. What's it like working with the Dudley boys? Because, you know, they, obviously they're in the WWE now, but, you know, they have that reputation, especially Bubba being a little bit stiff or a little bit snug in the ring. <laughs> yeah, I mean, yeah, you know, but, you know, that's right up my alley. <clears throat> you know, uh, that's right up my alley. You know, Bubba's the kind of guy that um, – Bubba's the kind of wrestler I was – trained to wrestle against because, you know, when Orndorff trained me, you know, you know, I was always taught first and foremost, <clears throat> you have to earn your respect in the ring. And, and then that's, that's the very definition of Bubba. He, you know, he's, he, he's, he's hard, but he's fair. So if you can go out there and, and do your job, then you'll be, have no problems with him. But if you don't have to do your jobs, you're going to have problems with him. And, you know, thank God we never had any problems. You know, he was, he was 100% giving, um, you know, it's so funny when, when we, it's, when we first started, the whole, uh, the whole. Um, I think I think I think it was best of five. I, I think it was best of five. Um, it was, uh, you know, he, he was, you know, he didn't want to hear our ideas. They put together the match, just do your spots, kids, and you know, and take this and da 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 da. Then towards the end, you know, by the last match, was telling jokes in the ring, and you know, he's doing our ideas, and you know, just had a, you know, just you know, he's 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 a, you know, he's a. He'll probably kill me for saying this, but the guy, you know, he he's, he's tough as nails in the exterior, but he's a big he's a big teddy bear. You know, he's a really good guy. You know, he's a really really good guy, but he, he would he would fight you to the death just so no one found out. But you know, he's a good guy, and uh, and Devon, you know, I only I only knew him just in that feud, but you know, super super nice guy. You know, I mean, really really nice. So, you know, it was nothing but good things to say about all four of those guys. It was it was a, it was a blessing. 
I definitely want to get back to the Hardy and the Dudleys in a second, but you brought up a guy that's near and dear to this show, and that's Mr. Wonderful Paul Orndorff. What was training like under that guy? I mean, talk about tough and talk about, you know, hard as nails type guy. What was it like training under Mr. Wonderful? It was perfect for me. Um, it was perfect for me because <clears throat> I was not a huge fan. I was not a huge pro. It's funny, you know, I talked to my, my, my wife, uh, you know, Angela Love, um, <clears throat> and um, it's, do I have to call? Hey, do, do I have to call you Angelina Love? I feel so weird calling you that. Yeah, I, yeah. I, my wife Warren, <laughs> um, aka Angelina Love. It's so weird. But anyway, it, it's funny. She'll tell me how she was this huge like WWF fan growing up, and she would, babe, come here, come here and talk to these people. <laughs> well, I, I, I can't remember anything. Yeah, you, I can't remember. I, I can't remember half of what she says. Because he doesn't listen. Yeah, so I tell, tell them you're, how you're a big fan of wrestling. Uh, yeah, I started watching it when I was about seven years old, and uh, it was just the one thing that I wanted to be growing up that I never grew out of wanting to be, and became pretty obsessed with it when I was a teenager, and then started uh, training when I was 18 in Toronto. Yeah, so she, so she can, like, tell me all these matches. She's like, oh, babe, you should have saw, you know, what was the match you were telling me you were jumping out with the gym, the King of the Ring match? And you're, you know, so she, she she knows all these matches, you know, Stone Cold became, you know, Austin 316, all that kind of stuff, you know. And I didn't I didn't watch, I didn't know, like, I remember I saw NWO shoot in high school, I thought it was bad, you know what I mean? Like, I, I, just, I just wasn't a fan of it, you know what I mean? Or, or Not that I wasn't even a fan, I wasn't even aware of it. Um, so... Me coming from just just a, you know an amateur wrestling as a sport background, me being trained by Orndorff was the perfect intro because it was treated like a sport, you know what I mean? And he was very strict and stern, but he was fair, you know what I mean? And you went there and you trained hard. And, you know, I've been to some – well, I've been to quite a few wrestling schools all over the world now to do seminars or whatnot. And I've seen how lackadaisical it is and how lazy it is. And I just know if that would have been – if I would have walked into a situation like that when I first got in, I would have been like – no, nah, man, this is not for me because I needed that, you know, I needed that fulfillment of, like, that athleticism and then that, that competition of sports. So it was the perfect, perfect intro for me into professional wrestling. And you kind of go right along with Paul Orndorff, you know, your style, the the intensity that you bring, you know, the the, the snugness, if you will, the, the realism, the sport of it. Is, is that kind of all just kind of related towards Paul, or is that more towards a guy like Dynamite Kid, who you said, um, I guess you, you studied up on? Yeah, I mean, when I said I didn't grow up watching WWF, like, I didn't, but, like, so when I, when I was a young kid, I did watch wrestling, uh, but we didn't we didn't watch WWF. Um, we got Stampede reruns, which I, that's why I first saw Dynamite, because I lived in Washington, and we got Portland Wrestling, which Dynamite was also a part of. And we got various other things, too. Like, we would get Starcade, and we got some world class. But um, mostly it was Portland and a Stampede, so I saw a lot of Dynamite. And, like, you know, Stampede was known for having a stiff style. And, uh, and you know, and I don't know. I just I, – I never ever went to the ring, you know, both now or back in training, thinking, like, oh, I'm going to be really intense, and I'm going to, you know, lay it in there and stuff like that. And I just it, That's just kind of my personality, I guess. That's just me. You know, I always – Amateur wrestled. I was definitely like an, an offensive player. I was very, you know, I was very, uh, very active, and you know, wanted to win and wanted to grind, and I just kind of carried over, you know. And like I, and I just, I fell in love really early in my professional wrestling career with like both Japanese wrestling, but more so Japanese like shoot style wrestling because I love the realism of it. Uh, so I think mean, that, that's a that's a very big uh, influence 
on my personal style. Definitely. It was kind of cool you got to work on that uh, that High Spots documentary on the Dynamite Kid. What was that whole experience yeah. like? Because that was a very, very good documentary for anybody out there that hasn't seen it. Yeah, it, it was really um, – it, it, I, I couldn't believe that, uh, that that they chose me. You know, I mean, it was such it was such a, uh, an honor, and uh, you know, and it, you know, it, it's weird. You know, it, to it, on one hand, it's like someone I really looked up to. But then you see how, like, you know, what this the same business I'm in has done to him, and you know. But you also have to understand, you know, a lot of that, you know, you do to yourself, and so it was hard too. Even just reading the thing, you're kind of reading it, and like you see how these things are like, kind of starting to get pieced together, and it's, you just kind of see like the downfall of his uh, his physical status. And uh, it, it, it got quite emotional, but, you know, definitely an experience that I was, you know, very lucky to, to be a part of. And you know what's cool is you definitely remind me a lot of Dynamite Kid. I mean, the style, you, you're more, you're more of an MMA base, I would say, more kicking stuff, but the, sniff, the stiffness, the snugness, you know, the intensity, and then couple that with you guys kind of have the same body type. Did you ever look at Dynamite and look at yourself and kind of like, hmm, maybe, you know, a little mirror, a little reflection going on? Oh man, yeah, all the time. Yeah, I, I, I just recently because I've been awful. I, I shaved my head again, so now, you know, I was like, man, every time I shave my head, I'm like, oh my god, I look just like Dynamite Kid, like I do, you know. And it's so funny. Um, I've gotten that comparison. You know, I, I take that as you know a compliment, you know, because I've always, you know, he was a, he was the first wrestler that captivated me and and made me believe it was real. Um, you know, and you know, he's he's always been my favorite wrestler. Um. And you know, so that's a, that's a huge you know badge of honor I can wear. You know, not not many people. You know, and, I went, and when I went to Japan, I was known as like you know the third coming of Dynamite Kid. You know, not many people get to grow up and get to be their hero, and I did. So it's it's, it's pretty cool, man. So yeah, I dig it. Yes, dude, definitely, definitely Dynamite Kid like. And if I could, because I, I I don't want to forget to mention this, I wanted to bring it back because you you mentioned the uh, the best of three, which kind of turned into the best of four, which kind of turned into the best of five, kind of thing with the, the Hardys and the Dudleys. And the great thing mm-hmm. about that was that not a lot of things in TNA were critically acclaimed, but that feud was critically acclaimed. And everyone was like, oh, go out of your way to see it, you know, DVR or whatever. So, you know, you had each of you guys win a match, and then you guys win the series. What was that whole like? What was that put, like putting it together with the Hardys and the Dudleys? Um. At first, you know, it was kind of like I said before, you know, Bubba didn't want to hear our ideas. They put it together. They've been, you know, Hardy's and Dudley's been working together for years. And, you know, and we, we had to earn his respect and more so earn his trust. And uh, and we did, you know. Um, and then by, you know, and it, but it always gelled. You know, I mean, it always gelled. You know, in the last match, the table ladders and chairs, you know, or the full mental mayhem uh, was a disaster because, you know, Matt's big toe was broken. Devon's groin was pulled or bad. And I still had a broken leg, but. We, we somehow we pulled it off. I don't know how we did it, but we did it. So, you know, it was just kind of written in the stars for that one. Um, you know, really cool to be a part of. Every match was special. Getting to do a few of those, in, you know, in New York was really awesome. So, you know, it was good times. Definitely. And something that I liked that TNA did, but I don't know if a lot of other fans did, but when you guys went over to Japan, you kind of teamed up with Wrestle One. I really enjoyed that because, you know, it's, it's a different style meshing with you guys, but you and Eddie fit in perfectly with that style. So it was kind of cool, yeah. you know, Kanemoto and Tanaka and uh, Kondo and Kaz Hayashi. What was your experience like, you know, in that part of Japan, wrestling for Wrestle 1 under Great Muda? Oh, we loved it. I mean, me and Eddie were, man, I, I've said it before, if I could somehow just teleport there and teleport back home, I'd gladly wrestle in Japan the rest of my life. <laughs> um, it's uh, if, I, if I could just cut out the flight somehow. <laughs> 
you know, we have you know, if, if, if they would bring back Concorde, you know, remember that was old airplanes that would like go faster than the speed of sound. Oh yeah, yeah. Yep. Yeah. The problem is they were so damn expensive. But anyway. Yeah. Yep. Um. Yep. Um. But uh, yeah. Me and me and Eddie were born. You know, we were cut from that cloth to wrestle in Japan. We both trained in those dojos over there. You know, that that's our style to, to a T. Um, so, yeah, we fit in great. We loved it. You know, I don't know what happened on that and with the whole business, the relationship falling apart. Uh, but, you know, we, we have just an absolute blast. Yeah, I, I really enjoyed it. I thought it was cool and it was definitely different because you wrestle all those different kind of guys that maybe people haven't heard of or haven't, aren't aware of, but they're great talents. Did you get a chance to uh, hang out with Great Muda at all and uh, maybe learn something under the, the great learning tree of the, of the legendary Muda? He, he would talk to us after our matches, and it was cool because him and, like, Kobashi, because um, he, he was doing some commentary, he would talk to us after the match, and they always loved our style and stuff. And, uh, yeah, man, I mean, re- really cool guys, you know. Not not a ton of talking because, you know, there was other business to attend to, but, uh, you know, they you know they, they praised our stuff. They were very, you know, really welcoming. And, yeah, it was not, nothing but good things to say about them as well. And then TNA kind of did something crazy, and then they did something completely different, and they kind of uh, shocked the world for, for a little bit there. And instead of wrestling with Russell One, then they teamed up with Jeff Jarrett and Global Force, which kind of really took me back because, you know, the history with uh, Jeff and TNA wasn't exactly roses. So were you a, right. bit, were you a bit shocked, or were, did they let you guys in? Because the rumor on the Internet was that not even the boys knew that Jeff Jarrett was coming back. Yeah, um, it, it, now, as far as I know, <clears throat> nobody knew. I know I didn't know, but you got to realize, too, I don't know the whole history behind them. So, to me, it's just kind of like, oh, hey, what's up, man? Like, so I don't – I wasn't privy to all the, the past, you know, stuff. And, you know, and I for sure wasn't privy he was coming back. But as far as that whole angle, that was a ton of fun. And I loved our tag matches with uh, with uh, Liam um, <clears throat> and uh, Trevor and uh, Brian. So, uh, you know, I love that. That that was a ton of fun. I loved, you know, the cage match we did. So um, the whole thing for me was fun. But, you know, as far as, like, the backstage stuff and the history, you know, I'm I'm, I'm pretty ignorant, you know, and kind of, you know, blissfully ignorant to the whole thing. <clears throat> and it was kind of cool that you got to be introduced to Trevor Lee for fans that, you know, aren't familiar with him from Omega or from maybe uh, the, the, um, the independent scene or something like that. So that was kind of cool. <clears throat> as far as... Global Force and TNA, would you like to see a relationship there, or do you think that they were better off kind of doing their own separate promotions? I would like to see a working relationship with everyone, to be honest with you. I mean, like, I mean, and just in my personal opinion, you know, everything other than WWE is getting kind of ridiculous because now everyone has contracts and everyone has deals, and, and it's just like, and this is my personal opinion. There's WWE and there's everything else. You know what I mean? And there's varying degrees of everything else. But I just I don't know why we're fighting over the same you know thousand two thousand whatever fans we we all just work together but it's you know just one of those things where it's that that's that business side of wrestling I just have no interest in you know I, I don't understand why everyone just can't work together but you know I, I understand there's you know people have their issues with other people and then it's like well whatever I don't know you know so uh, to me I, w- I would love to work with you know with you know any any of those other companies, including Global Force, I think just helps professional wrestling as a whole. But you know, I don't I don't make those decisions. Right, right. And also in TNA, if I could talk about other critically acclaimed matches that you guys had, and, and other, it seems like 
they put the Wolves, you and Eddie, in these series where they're like, all right, we're just going to throw them out there in, you know, series of matches, and we guarantee, you know, they're going to deliver. So then they throw you in another best-of series. It was a best-of-five against the Dirty Heels, Aries and Rude. That was some of the best matches I've seen as well. I mean, just amazing chemistry with you guys. What are your thoughts of working with the Dirty Heels, Aries and Rude? Oh, that was fun, man. I mean, that was that was one of those things. Like, I mean, we found we're working in a series of them. It's kind of like, oh, sweet, dude, we got the next, you know, however many, you know, however many shows off because, you know, those guys are awesome and you know we we always gel well and you know everyone wants to make each other look good and yeah, that was a, that that whole thing was a ton of fun. I mean, I wish I could have been a best of thirty-five. Hmm. I think we were wishing that as well. Yeah. Never seemed like you guys put on a bad match. Is that something that you guys just have great chemistry, or is it just kind of four guys coming together that are just all great workers? Well, I mean, I, I think I think all four guys are great workers. Um, but for me and Eddie, you know, you know, well, actually, I can't. Even, I, I I I don't even want to speak for Eddie. For, for me personally, I have no interest in being famous in wrestling. I have no interest in any of that kind of stuff. I just want to be the best wrestler there is. Like that's all I care about. You know, so for me, having best matches is first and foremost the most important thing. Like being great in promos, that that's important. I understand that, and having a really cool character and you know in the presentation, that's all important stuff. But just for me personally, first and foremost, I always want to have the best match with whoever they put me in the ring with. So, um, 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 so that's 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 all I care about is having the best matches there is. Now, as far as character and presentation, do you like the whole, you know, the war paint and everything else? Is that your idea, or is that something that TNA wanted to do? Because it's a really, uh, you know, different idea, and it's a cool way to present yourself. Yeah, uh, no, everything, the, the one thing that, you know, I know wrestling, there's a lot of smoke and mirrors, but the, the one thing that has remained true and will always remain true, because the day it becomes not true, is the day I quit wrestling, is that the wolves were created by the fans, for the fans. So everything about us is we have come up with or the fans have helped us come up with. From the name, the look, the the, the catchphrases, uh, you know, the the, the body paint, um, everything. Like, we came up with it. Every single thing. There's, there's you know, and, and, and TNA has been 100% respectful of that. Um, you know, obviously it's always constructive criticism, which we're always, you know, really, really appreciate. And we've learned a lot since being there, too. Um but you know we're, we're I mean we are it's a very big deal for me and Eddie too to you know start and remain and end authentic. Now obviously you know the Wolves known for being great tag team and we didn't even talk about the beer, uh, beer money really to have having some great matches against them or even the Decay which was a bit and crazy. Steve, you guys had some great matches, but is being a tag team the most important thing to you in TNA or would you want to break off from Eddie? Uh, I, I do, yeah, I get asked that a lot. Uh, I, uh, I do want to break off, but not in lieu of, like, I, you know, I, I don't see, like, I think wrestling just needs to, to switch things up. You know what I mean? Like, I don't see why, or like, like, why can't I be a double champion? Why can't I be a singles champion and a tag team champion? Why can't Eddie do the exact same thing? Me and Eddie both want to be singles champions. Of course we do. Uh, we want to be the best wrestlers we can possibly be. And, you know, and being a champion signifies that. But never in lieu of our tag team, you know. We we've never broken up. Like Ring of Honor, we went our separate ways. We've never had this big, you know, I hate you, blood feud thing. We had a feud based on competition, um, but we've never like broken up, and 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 we never will. We're not looking to do that kind of stuff. You know, the, the wolves will always, you know, remain. But you know, 
you know, I don't see why we can't be tag champions and singles champions at the same time. I, I see no reason why that can't happen. I see, you know, so that's that's our personal goals. Well, I should I shouldn't speak for you, but I kind of can this because I know he feels the same way. But I will just say diplomatically that that's my personal goal. Now, you guys kind of, you know, split up. You did have a big singles run over, you know, 2015 due to the World Title Series. And we talked to Manic about it, and he said that when you were doing the whole World Title Series, you didn't really know what you were – you knew you were wrestling in a group of guys, but you didn't know the end game of it. Did you know, you know, that you were in the World Title Series and what the end game of, of it was and, like, the tournament structure of it? No, no, we, we we honestly didn't know. We just knew it was a tournament. We didn't know what it was going to be about. Um, but I thought the whole thing came out pretty cool. So, um, you know, it kind of, kind of worked out. Maybe they should always do that. I was actually thinking that. I was going to ask you, do so you think that should be an annual thing? Because it actually did. It, if you think about it, you know, you watch it episodically week, week by week, and it actually was executed pretty well. Yeah, yeah. And then, obviously, you know, you got the chance to uh, wrestle Eddie, and uh, you guys had a great match. And, obviously, well, I'll get into it in a little bit. You guys had some epic encounters in uh, Ring of Honor, but what was it like getting in there one-on-one with Eddie again? You know, I hate wrestling Eddie, and he hates wrestling me. Because, I swear <laughs> to God, man, me and that guy, it, 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 it's not because Eddie's way better than me. Uh, and he'll tell the exact, you know, he'll tell you the exact same thing and all that stuff. But, like, man, we have just beaten so many shades of crap out of each other. It's like, oh, dude, not again, man. <laughs> Please, God, not again. And it just seems like anyone wants to have a good match, like, you know, do the Davey Eddie thing. And it's like, you know, so, yeah, I don't I mean, I love I love the guy to death. I just, man, like, I hate wrestling. He hates wrestling. I mean, it's just like, dude, it's like, it's like, I don't, I don't know, man. It's like, dude, we, we shot each other, we stabbed each other, we blown each other up. It's like that I spy thing. It's like, dude, let's just stop this and just go hang out. God dang it. So, you know, it's double-edged sword, I guess. <laughs> hey, but the fans love it. You guys always seem to, you know, step up the intensity level and always have a great match against each other. But surprisingly in that tournament, Robbie E showed a, a little something as well. Did you kind of, uh, you know, knew that was in him all along, that he could have been a good yep. Good single star. Yeah, no, absolutely. I, I mean, you know, it's it's. Robbie E's not a mean any type wrestler, but that I mean, but there's there's that doesn't mean he's not a good a good or a great wrestler. You know, like there, there's certain styles. You know, to some people, mean Eddie, you know, maybe maybe not be very good, maybe uh, will not be very good wrestlers. But it's all what you like. But you know, Robbie E, he he does what he does very well. It does what the match. He works for the match. You know, what I mean, and, uh, yeah, ab- absolutely. I think I think I've always thought. You know, he's a, he's a great worker. And then obviously the Matt Hardy, who we talked about earlier. But as the as the you know as the um, tournament, if you will, as the World Title Series, as it went through, you ended up facing EC3, who a lot of people has a lot of high praise for, him. a lot of people are calling him the you know the new face of TNA. What are your thoughts on EC3? Yeah, yeah, he's great, man. Uh, I I loved my match with him. So I'm, um, you know, he and he's another guy, you know, zero ego, really easy to work with, very talented, and um, you know, he's a uh, yeah, I would agree. You know, he's a he's a great face of a company. You know, just you know, he really you know made a name for himself there and well deserved. So you know, couldn't, I couldn't be prouder for him. Do you think that the way TNA is going and and kind of where they're headed, do you think that they should do more, you know, live? 
shows and live specials, or do you think this tape thing can work? And, and you know, maybe fans don't really care as much about you know reading the spoilers on the internet. Uh, I I think live. You know, I I just you know I think there's, there's a I just think live. There's more electricity. There's that feeling of you never know what's going to happen. And I just uh, you know, obviously it's, it's a lot easier for me to sit here and say that than actually put all that in the, you know in in the practice. I get that. You know, I mean, so we're still just starting with pop TV and stuff. But, uh, you know, I, I think, if you know, if you could choose anything you wanted, live's always, and I'm sure they agree, too, you know, live's always the best way to go. So that's, you know, I, my vote is 100% for live. And I know we were talking about it before. We were talking about the U.K. and the crazy fans that are over there and the huge fan base for TNA wrestling. But there's a lot of great talent. I mean, TNA picked up Mandrews and obviously Graham and, and, and like, a lot of great English wrestlers. Is there anybody that stood out to you over there from that tour? Oh man, yeah. I mean, I, I'm I must drive Bob Ryder and John Gabriel crazy. All the guys I suggest, but yeah, I mean, I've I've been saying for years that I think the independent scene in the UK has such better wrestlers than the independent scene in America. Those guys are so talented, but. You know, like, when they were looking for a tag team for us to wrestle, I, I think the London Riots are awesome. I think the Hunter Brothers are awesome. Um, remember, babe, that was that tag team me and Ken Anderson worked at that one show? Oh, yeah. Yeah, they're good. Yeah, they're awesome. See, they're Emmy. And then me and Eddie had a match with the Hunter Brothers for Fight Club Pro in Wolverhampton, um, <clears throat> where we got our name. Uh, and uh, But a total, like, you know, like, really athletic style kind of match. And they were great in that, too. So, like, Hunter Brothers, London Riots were are awesome, and then I think you know I I really am surprised that Dave Mastiff has not been signed by someone. I think he's really good. Uh, Noam Dar is really good. I mean, there's there's a, there's a lot of guys, man. I could just go down the list. It's just guys that are really really good. Um, you know this this promotion of Future Shock Wrestling. You know, and they run in Manchester area. They got a bunch of talented guys, and you know now you, you know Marty Skrull's really good. Will Will Osprey's just awesome. You know what I mean? So there's, I mean, there's just just a just a you know. And I had never even heard of that um, that big Damo guy um, uh, before he even came to, uh, for the thing. And then he was freaking awesome too. So hopefully they sign him because he's awesome. Jimmy ha- Jimmy Havoc's awesome. So you know there's a there's a whole plethora of guys that are just just freaking killer. And I believe I'm, I'm. I don't know if I'm right on this, but I think New Japan might have just scooped up uh, Will Ospreay. But I, I could be wrong. Yeah. There, but yeah. I know. You, I know you no, just got the. Oh, they did. Okay. So yeah, great. Them you know, too. Yeah, I was going to say great signing by New Japan there. But what was it like wrestling uh, Will Ospreay? Because I believe it was you and Eddie against Mandrews and Ospreay, one of the final matches. You know, before you got hurt. Yeah, it, you know, it was going so well, and um, I don't know because I wasn't part of what happened, but somehow uh, Mandrews uh, knocked himself out, and, uh, and TNA's real big, and I'm like, when someone's knocked out, that's it, no more, because we don't want to risk any kind of, you know, head trauma, any further head trauma, I should say. Um, so it was going really good. I mean, both those guys, Mandrews and Will Ospreay, are freaking, you know, you know, if wrestling doesn't work out, there's probably a, you know, a spot on the uh, – you know the, the British national gymnastic team for him. Uh, really, really talented guys, and um, really easy to work with. And you know, super, super bright futures for both of those guys. So you know, a lot of fun, man. A lot of fun. I can't understand a damn word Mandrew says, but really, really, <laughs> really talented. And separate from TNA, and separate from guys you worked in the tour, but sticking with the UK, 
great wrestler you had a chance to wrestle a bunch of times, and that's Zach Sabre Jr., who isn't picked up by anybody yeah. right now. But, you know, he, I mean, obviously he's working for Gabe and involved and stuff like that. But what are your thoughts on Zach? Because he seems like he's, you know, I said it before, I said maybe he was the next Nigel or the next Brian Danielson, but everyone keeps telling me he's the next Zach Sabre. Yeah, you know, and he's one of those guys like um, that. You know, I don't. He's he's maybe like one of like three wrestlers I really actually still enjoy watching because um, their style is so unique and so realistic. And uh, you, know, you have to give a lot of respect for someone. Um, you have to have a lot of respect for someone who has uh, has made a name for themselves doing everything against the grain. Because a lot of wrestling now, especially the independent scene, is a lot of big crazy moves and big crazy dives and high spots and. You know, he's all about just arm blocks, but he does it so well. It's such a beautiful thing to watch him. He's unique unto himself, and, you know, I have a, I have a lot of respect for someone. That, that takes a lot of courage to go against the grain, and he's done it and been successful. So, yeah, you know, have, have a ton of respect for that guy. He definitely has a different style and it's a cool style, but your style, and I know we talked about it before, it's, you know, stiff and snug and everything, but your style is a lot of MMA-based. Do you have, you know, a lot of experience with MMA? Yeah, yeah, I've had two fights. Um, I amateur wrestled for, to be honest, you, probably too long. <laughs> um, <laughs> I wasn't good at anything. I wasn't good at anything else. I had nothing else to do. And plus, you know, I'm a midget, so you know, I'm <laughs> a super strong. We're exactly calling. Um, uh, yeah, yeah, I've had two fights. I uh, won both. Um, uh, well, I'm obviously I'm not training now. I ain't doing much training, but I've been doing jiu-jitsu for four and a half years. Uh, been doing kickboxing for about five years. Um, yeah, I mean, if, if you you can ask my wife's sitting right here. Like, I'm obsessed. I'm always watching jujitsu videos and kickboxing stuff. And you know, I just uh, yeah, that's that's a really big you know any any kind of martial arts is a big deal. You know, <laughs> I've, I've subjected my my wife to watching all my you know my blood sport videos and <laughs> you know what I mean. Yeah, so I'm, I'm, as a kid, you know, I, I was a kid, you know, I didn't want to be a GI Joe. I didn't want to be, you know, a, you know, an, an army guy. I didn't want to be like I wanted to be a, you know, I want to fight the Kumite. You know, what I mean, I've always been just, you know, just absolutely like enamored um, <clears throat> with, uh, with with martial arts. So it's, uh, you know, it's it's been, um, yeah, it's always been a huge influence uh, on, on me personally. Now you said you were two and zero. What weight class were you technically in? So I got lucky, and they did a catch weight of 180 because, hmm. you know, and then, yeah, because I walked around like 195 and trying to make 170 would have just freaking killed me. So, you know, it was amateur, so we didn't get paid anyway. So, but, yeah, it was catch weight of 180. Is there a, is there a gym or anything that you specifically train at for MMA? Yeah, I train at Finney's, uh, Finney's MMA. Um like, that's the kind of gym, if you see, like, any of the Bellator things, like when Bobby Lashley fights Bellator, any of those guys come out here, that's the gym they train at when they have the big fights in St. Louis. Um, Adam Sella from the Ultimate Fighter, um, uh, that's the, his home gym. Uh, Luigi Fioravanti, uh, that's his home gym. Um, he fights a lot for, um, <clears throat> um, oh, the name escapes. I mean, it's, it's, it's a really big promotion in Russia that I'm going to think of right when we get off the, the phone here, but... Um, so yeah, M1, M1 Global. Um, M1 Global. So, like, yeah. Um, yeah, really great gym. I trained her, you know, my black belt coach in uh, jiu-jitsu is Ezra Lennon. You know, he just got done doing Abu Dhabi in China and stuff. So yeah, it's good, man. It's it's a really good gym. I'm a bit of a novice jiu-jitsu guy myself. I'm uh, still working on my getting my blue belt. I'm, I'm getting closer and closer there. But nice. as far as yeah, it's, it's a lot of fun, a lot of good stuff. My uh, 
my trainer uh, trained under the Gracies, and I constantly tell him that I'm a huge Sakuraba fan, so that constantly bothers him. But what oh, belt yeah. level? <laughs> <laughs> what belt level are you? Um, so I, I'm I'm technically a purple, um, but when I changed gyms, I had to give my belt back, so I'm back to a blue now because I was at one gym for a long time, and I came to a new gym and I gave my belt back. And I, I also at the old gym just did nogi. And where I go now, he no gi is really popular, but he only awards belts in the gi. So I'm back down to blue belt. But like if I compete, I compete a purple belt. Um, so yeah, and you know, and, and I train with you know Kyle O'Reilly. He goes there too. So you know, and he's uh, he's getting closer to his his purple too. So um, yeah. So like you know, legitimately, I guess I'm back to a blue. But I I would never compete a blue belt anymore. It's only purple belt. You know, it's cool that you and Kyle, obviously you guys have a relationship in the Ring of Honor that kind of came to the forefront when you guys were there, but the style you guys have is, is a lot different than other guys because you incorporate so much of the MMA. Do you think that's where wrestling kind of should go into the more realistic, you know, submissions and everything else and the stiff kicks and all that stuff instead of going with the high spots where you're literally, you know, breaking each other's neck just for a small pop of the crowd, which the crowd's going to forget two minutes later? Yeah, I mean, I mean, I mean, I don't even want you guys to next broken and being that kind of stuff. I mean, but I think there's room for everything. No room for injury and getting next broke, obviously. But you know, like, I mean, I, I enjoy watching guys like Will Osprey. You know, what I mean, and uh, I can I, I can appreciate what they do. It, it's definitely not something that I'm a, that I would like would be like my number one thing. But then again, if it was up to me, I'd watch. You know old, you know, Monero Suzuki, you know, and Pancras and stuff like that, mm. which would put a lot of people to sleep, you know. So it's, like, it's just different strokes for different folks, you know what I mean? Like, I think there's a place for all of it. Like, I like that style. I, I don't have a huge interest in a traditional pro wrestling style, but that's not to say it's bad or it's wrong. I'm just saying that's my personal preference. And there's a lot of people who don't like my style and like that real high spot style. And you take a guy like Cole Cabana, who is he's really good at, like, the comedy aspect of wrestling, and then it can incorporate British style, and then so there's lots of different things out there that, you know, there's there's a little something. It's kind of like music, you know. It's, who's to say what form is better there? I have my preference, you know, maybe someone else can have their preference. So, like, you know, you pick and choose what you like, and that's a great thing about, you know, entertainment. You can, you know, there's a little something for everyone. Absolutely. And the wrestling business is kind of, you know, a, a great, um, forget the old deal saying, but it's like a, a little mix of this, a little mix of that, which, which kind of makes the wrestling world great. But, you know, with you having the injuries you have now and then now looking at one of your greatest rivals, one of your greatest competitors, having to hang him up early, and that's Daniel Bryan with a horrible retirement, what, what are your thoughts? Like, What kind of goes through your head when you're like, wow, this guy has all these concussions and he's having seizures related to the concussions? Do, do, like, yeah. What kind of thoughts go through your head when you hear you know, such a great rival of yours, you know, some guy who's about your age had to retire early from the wrestling business? I mean, it's on one hand, it, you know, it's it's just it's absolutely just terrible, man. Like that's that just it it just sucks. There's just no other word for it. I'm trying to be diplomatic here, but it just sucks. But at the same time, I'm happy because you know, at least before, or not even at least before he got to or had to, um, you know, retire. You know, he got to the top, man. He made it into WrestleMania. You know, like he, you know, and on top of that too, you know, as bad as injuries got, it could have gotten a lot worse, you know what I mean, you know, having, you know, having, having a medical degree, I, I've seen how bad head injuries can get, you know, and so, 
you know, he got out, you know, he, you know, it sucks, but at the same time, you know, he's alive and he's, you know, he's going to be okay. And it could have been a lot worse. So, you know, I'm, you know, it's, it's sad on one hand and, you know, and, 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 you know, and happy on the other. It is crazy. It's like a, um, like a mixed bag of emotions. Because in one point you're like, damn it, you know, I want to see him wrestle. And then the other point is like, well, he's happy now and he has a beautiful wife and he gets to go home and, you know, be healthy. When you, yeah. you know, heard, heard the, the concussions and stuff, have you ever had any concussions or have you had a history of any concussions? Oh, man. Um, I know I got knocked down in training, like, where I, like, woke up and didn't know where I was. I mean, God, that that was back, like, my first, geez, month of training. Um, that's the fat dude dropped a leg on my head, and I didn't drop his behind on my head instead. Um, <clears throat> um, but, God, since, I mean, I've never, I've never been knocked down in TNA. Um, and then even in Ring of Honor, man, believe it or not, I can't think of any time I was just, like, just so outright. Oh, well, actually, you know, I actually you know, when I won the title versus Eddie, best in the world, I got knocked out. Um, um, but other than that, I mean, one time in Japan, and those are the only three times that I've ever had. You know, and I've never had, I've never experienced any kind of like, you know, traumatic brain injury or post concussion syndrome symptoms at all. Um, so, and, and believe me, if if I did, and that 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 right then and there would have been my last match. So, but uh, no, nothing like that. And I, and I, I get. Um, I get my blood work done every three months. Um, get my hormones tested because hormonal abnormality will show like traumatic brain injury um, or post-concussive uh, syndrome symptoms. So I'm I'm pretty diligent about getting everything trained or getting trained, getting everything tested for that, and everything's always you know everything's good and within normal limits. So uh, you know so far so good on on that end. It's it's, it's, it's my lower body that's a mess. From the waist <laughs> up, I'm good. <laughs> Now, being a med student, being, you know, no offense to another wrestler or any other wrestlers out there, but uh, maybe you're a little bit smarter than some of the other wrestlers, but do you think being a med student, you're kind of a little bit ahead of the game because you seem like you are on that kind of stuff? Yeah, I, I, I firmly believe that. You know, that's why, like, you know, that's why everyone can't believe that, you know, like I literally blew my ACL in um in, uh, in Birmingham January 31st and then had February 7th, had surgery February 17th. February 15th, I did 500 squats, you know what I mean? Um, and then I'm, I'm recovering now. No no one can believe that I'm recovering as fast as I am. So I, mean, I laugh. People say, like, I may be out six to nine months. It's just kind of like I, I don't say anything. I'm like, oh, sure, yeah, you know, we'll see. Um, because, you know, it, if you understand the science of it, you understand the body, you know, I'm just giving it the fuel to repair itself because the body wants to. And, you know, and I, I had a really great orthopedic surgeon, and I have great, you know, physical therapists and all that kind of stuff as well. But, you know, I mean, and my wife's right here. She can tell you. I mean, the, the minute I was I was injured, I was like, go buy this, go buy this, go buy this, go buy this food, this supplement, this machine. I mean, I li- I've literally transformed, probably much to her dismay, our living room with like a personal training, you know, type of like, you know, a, a physical therapy kind of gym. Uh, so I definitely think I'd be an added advantage of that. And I, and on top of that too, I really see foresee a future in me in wrestling. Uh, of training wrestlers because I, I think that how people are trained in wrestling is completely wrong. And I'm not talking about like how to hit the ropes or how to sell or all, I'm not talking about any of that kind of stuff. I think wrestlers are trained wrong, just how to move and how, and how to train for wrestling, how to prevent these injuries. And because there they were kind of like a epidemic type, you know, um, uh, levels of, uh, of wrestler injuries, you know what I mean? I mean, so, so, so something, and if you look through the research, you know, it's like, it's, it, you know, like, 
I talked to, to Matt Taven, who blew his ACL in Ring of Honor. I've talked to Loki, who blew his you know ACL in in um in New Japan. How I blew my ACL. Um, how BJ Whitmer blew his ACL in Ring of Honor. And we've all done it the exact same way, landing the exact same way. So there's a correlation. And if you're if you're in a medical science, you understand that. And you record the data and you start finding the correlation and how to fix it. And I, I think I have a real big, um, you know, future, uh, or at least I hope a big future, or a future nonetheless. Uh, of just I really like to, to train wrestlers because I think I can bring something very unique. You know, both having a medical science degree and having that in ring experience. So I think the future of that hopefully. Injury prevention would be great right now because obviously, like you said, it's an epidemic with all the injuries. But it's recently been said yeah. that you, like you kind of mentioned, there, you said that you're supposed to be out longer. You know, according to Dave Meltzer, you're out six to eight, eight, eight months or whatever he was saying. But what what is your you know projected return date? When do you think you're going to be back? Uh, I'm booked for shows in July. The, the, the bottom line is, you know, I, I, I and you know, I've never had. Bad word of savers, Dave. Never done me wrong, but you know it's there's science, and I'm definitely a man of science. Boy, my wife will tell you that. Um, I'll annoy the Jesus at anyone, but there's also it comes down to a lot of like mental strength and just human will, you know. And and no one no one has the right, whether it's a doctor, a wrestling journalist, anyone has the right to tell me when I when and where I can do something. Like if if I say it's going to be. Five months, it's going to be five months because I say it's going to be, and then I'm going to do the work to support that claim. So, and that that's just the kind of person that I am. So I make it a, I've made it a personal kind of thing of mine to to really defy a lot of odds in wrestling. Um, and then this, and this is another tale of that. And you know, a lot of people say, well, you know, you you, you know, you can't come back from this and not be better. Well, I, I'm going to challenge that because I really think I can. I'm, I'm and I'm putting my money where my mouth is. It's a good experience for me to kind of put my money where my mouth is. Okay, so you think you're so smart, I think you have all this medical training. Well, prove it. You know what I mean? That's why I didn't hire a physical therapist. I'll go out and see this guy once a, once a month. Other than that, I do all my own rehab at home. Um, you know, and even the, the surgery, I, I picked a highly, uh, a, a very different surgery of how to replace my ACL, and most people do. Um, and, you know, once the doctor read my research on it, he completely agreed. We performed that surgery, um, and it's been shown to decrease, massively decrease uh, recovery time. So, uh, you know, I, I really do think I'm ahead of the game. But, you know, we'll, we'll see. I'm kind of my own human guinea, guinea pig. So I may may have eaten my own words here, but, you know, I think I'm right so far. Hmm. Well, we definitely hope you're right. But, you know, the epidemic of the injuries is crazy. And obviously WWE has had, uh, I don't know, like 10 major injuries uh, from last year to this year where the whole mania card is can completely reshifted. But if I could, you had a tryout with WWE, you and Eddie, and, it was yeah. kind of kind of shocking that you guys didn't get signed, but I mean that's neither here nor there because maybe that worked out better for you. But what was that tryout like? Yeah. The tryout was fun. You know, it was a lot of fun. Um, I, I knew going in that you know, I mean, I remember sitting there with the guys at the tryout. You know, we were having breakfast at the hotel, and I was like, "Yeah, I'm." Man, they were super cool people. Man, they treated us good, good times. I'm, I'm just not interested in that lifestyle. I'm just not interested in being on the road 300 days a year and only doing wrestling. Like, I love wrestling, but I also love <clears throat> my job as a paramedic and a firefighter, and I also love my job. Or, I'm sorry, and, and, and I love medical science, and I, and I want to be a doctor. You know what I mean? So I have, you know, wrestling. I love wrestling, but it's not my only love. You know what I mean? So, like, for me, just to stop everything else and solely commit just to wrestling – 
it's just, it's just not going to work for me. And, you know, and teach their own in life, you know. And me just moving down there and, and just doing that all day, every day, it's just it's not going to work for me. So um, I'm just I'm not interested in working there. Um, I, but I have heard, you know, the NXT does like part-time things now, so maybe that may be something down the road. I don't know. Maybe, maybe not. I don't know. Um, but I'm happy in TNA, you know, they, the schedule allows me to, to wrestle and still do my other stuff. And that works. That that's what I need for me personally. Um, so, you know, the tryout though was freaking awesome. And that facility is awesome <laughs> to say the least. So it was good times. Yeah, what is going on down there at the Performance Center? Because it's almost like a huge NFL-type center. You know, it's just they have everything down there. Like you see on uh, on the WWE Network, this show Breaking Ground, they basically show you the ins and outs of that place, and it's massive, yeah. and it's amazing. And it's basically like an NFL uh, facility. What were your thoughts when you first got there? Was it like, holy shit, they're, you know, they're not kidding around here? Yeah, no, and and, and they're realizing and they're, I mean, and they're realizing, yeah, it's amazing. And because they're realizing that, that this, this, this bodybuilder turn wrestling thing just doesn't work. You know I mean? Your body, your body's not meant to, not meant to move that way. You know I mean? Um, as far as when you train your body to lift heavy weights and to look good and then try to go out and be athletic, it just, it doesn't work that way. You know, it's just basic biochemistry, just, or not biochemistry, uh, human or body biomechanics, sorry. Um, it just doesn't work. So, they're building an athletic training facility and like what they're producing is working. And like, now that's a job with WWE. I would love to have, you know what I mean? I would love to be hired by WWE down the road after I'm done with TNA, but not as a wrestler. I just want to be their trainer down. I want to be their strength and conditioning coach. Uh, so, uh, you know, I honestly, you know, down the road after I'm done with, uh, done wrestling with, with TNA. Um, but, uh, yeah, the facility is amazing and they're figuring it out, man. They're figuring it out that, you have to train these guys like athletes, and I think that's a, a massive step forward for the business as a whole. Definitely. You could join uh, Scrap Daddy Adam Pierce down there and have a nice little uh, ROH reunion. There you go. <laughs> now, I don't know pretty... about me in Florida, though, man. Oh, oh it's too hot. Yeah, I, I, yeah I, you know, me, I'm a Northwest guy. See, I wanted to move to Alaska, but Lauren wouldn't let me. So, <laughs> you know, she wants. Yeah, she went. I, I'm not. I'm not. Man, Florida, the freaking swamp, and there's alligators and oh Christ. So no, I, I'm anywhere. I want to, you know, take my rear end back to Washington in the mountains. But we'll hmm. see. If, if the job was right, then maybe I make an exception. Now being down there in Florida at that training camp and at the, the tryouts, it's got to be a little weird because you and Eddie, obviously, you guys have a a huge amount of experience, especially over some of the guys that they have down there in the performance center. Was it almost like we know we're good enough to be here, but we don't really need to be validated, but, you know, let's just check this thing out. Let's, let's uh, you know, let's see what happens. Um, it, it was, it was definitely like, yeah, let's check this thing out, but it was not like, you know, we're, we're above anyone here. We're, we're, we already know we're good enough. I mean, like, of course we think we're good enough because, you know, if you walk out of curtain thing thinking you're anything less than the best wrestler in the world, you're in the wrong business. Um, but, no, I mean, like, you know, it wasn't I'm, – I'm, I'm, not, I'm not above anyone. You know, I'm not here, not there, nor anywhere. You know, I'm just – you know, and, and, you know, it was another opportunity to learn new stuff. And, and you know, and we did. And we did. We, 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 we learned a lot while we were there, you know. Um, so, you know, it was just, you know, it was, it was just a different experience, you know. It was just like, just like going to Japan, just like going to TNA, 
just like going to Ring of Honor, just like going to England, just like going to Mexico. It's another experience. None was, you know, better or worse. Well, Mexico may have been worse because I got sick. But other than that, uh, <laughs> you know, but, yeah, no, it was definitely not one of those things like, you know, we know we're good to be here. Me and AR are kind of people. So, yeah, but other than that, yeah, it was definitely a good, cool experience checking it out. And obviously Triple H, as, as the rumors are out there, that he validated it. He said you guys are great. But then he threw in that, um, I guess he told Canyon Saman or whatever that guy's name is, the, uh, you know, the, the under, his underling, basically. He told him that they had a, a lot of you guys. Did you kind of take that personally, or did you almost say you like compliment that Triple H was validating you guys a little bit? Um, no, I mean, to be honest, man, like, I agree with him. Like, I totally agree with him, and it's like, Here's the way. I, this is my personal opinion, but I, I totally, I totally agree with him because, you know, he does have a lot of guys like me, Eddie. Because there's a lot of guys that are really freaking good. I mean, like, I mean, all those, a lot of those guys that are signed down there are the guys that we wrestled forever. I mean, and we're, we're, I think we're all really good. But you know what? Like, it's not fair for me to go down there and, and get a job, <clears throat> knowing that I don't fully want to be down there and take that opportunity away from somebody else who that's like their dream. Because there's someone else out there, you know, some other wrestler I'm coming up with or came up with that's their number one goal that's their dream in life and it's it's not fair for me to because there's only a certain amount of spots it's not fair for me to go down there and take that spot from someone um who doesn't um knowing that you know I, I'm kind of like half in this but half out because I, I still have other things I want to do so I'm I'm fortunate for the opportunity nothing but good things to say about all of them big fan of their product I think, I think they're awesome uh, I think Triple H is doing great things with that thing down there um but yeah, it's just it's not for me, man. It's just it's simply just not for me. I have other things just in life and just my real life. I have my Davy time and I have my Wes Richards time and you know, so I I'm I'm happy for the guys that are down there and I couldn't agree with Triple H more on that statement. Did you have the chance to have any one on one time with Triple H or you and Eddie? Did you get a chance to speak with him alone? No, no. I mean he's he's freaking you know, I don't even busy even the word. He just kinda of does his you know, does his thing and he made sure we liked our entrance, liked our entrance music, and then you know he's just you know singing around, you know trying to you know kill five birds with one stone. So no, you know cool guy, you know wasn't disrespectful at all. He's a busy dude, obviously, you know he's trying to you know you know run everything. So, uh, but no, 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 we didn't. And obviously, you know they kind of uh, gave you a, a little bit of a different name. Somewhat similar, but somewhat different. They were calling you the American Pitbulls. Is that something that was your idea, or is that because you know they they kind of knew who you were, they were, but they couldn't really obviously use wolves for legal reasons? Yeah, it was, it was yeah, you know, intellectual property type stuff. So you know, what I mean, yeah, they couldn't, uh, yeah, they couldn't use that. So I think Jamie Noble came up, you know, with the American Pitbulls thing. So just you know, just see how it flowed and everything. So it was what it was. Did you like your match against the Ascension? Uh, no, because because you know we had that one mess up, you know. I mean that one miscommunication thing, and it kind of. I mean, other than that one miscommunication, the match was a lot of fun. It was really good, um, but it was you know kind of a miscommunication. It's one of those things that happened. Just you know, happened had to happen then, you know. So it kind of is what it is. So basically, they can't talk you into uh, working for them unless it's going to be a part time gig, and you don't have to live in Florida. <laughs> well, you know. I, I would move to Florida. I would love to work for them after I'm done with TNA, obviously. Um, but I'd, I'd love to be their strength and conditioning coach. I think that would be freaking cool. Cause I think I got a lot of cool little things, and you know, I'm just obsessed with medical science. So 
But, uh, you know, hey, after TNA, man, you know, if, if, if it all works out and it's all good, you know, on, on, a, on, a, on you know, kind of an NXT part-time thing, yeah, we'll see what happens. But, you know, like, as far as, like, going, like, you know, full-time on the road, man, I, I just, it just, it's just not for me, man. It's just not, you know, all the respect in the world to those guys that do it, but I just, you know, it's just, just not for me. What kind of injury prevention advice might you give to them? Is there any, like, a little bit of stuff thing you can, like, sneak out there and say, you know, you guys should be doing this. You, you know, maybe Seth Rollins, uh, you know, wouldn't end up injured, or you know, this guy wouldn't end up hurt. You have to train the feet um, first and foremost. You have to train the feet, and you know, heavy lifting has no place in anything because, like, you know, from a very fundamental stance, um, <clears throat> like you know, the, the most fundamental thing you're taught. For for example, there's many examples we go on all night, but <clears throat> for one example, it heavy weightlifting does not lend itself to athletic uh, movement because, you know, you're t- the, one of the most fundamental things you're taught in weightlifting and when you're squatting, deadlifting, whatever, um, is keep your weight over your heels. The problem is no one can tell me one athletic movement that comes off the heels. Everything's off. You can't sprint. You can't jump. You can't, you can't cut corners. You can't perform lateral movement. You can't do anything off your heels. Everything is on the toes. So right away you're training your body to do the exact opposite of what you need to do. That, that creates imbalances in the kinetic chain. And then everything from a neuromuscular standpoint, you know, basically your brain connecting with your muscles to produce moving and coordination, which is obviously massively required for, you know, injury prevention and wrestling, you have to train the feet, you know, and no one trains the feet, you know. And that, that's a really huge thing. Um, so that's, that, that's just the very tip of the iceberg. But, you know, there's a lot of a lot of more, uh, you know, uh, stuff. But that's, those are, you know, for time's sake, I'll, I'll, I'll leave it there. Some great, great advice, and I mean, you made some great points there. But if I could, I mean, we talked about a little bit about ROH, but not really. But I really wanted to delve into it because that was a bulk of kind of your coming out party, if you will. I mean, PWG obviously was kind of your real coming out party, but Ring of Honor was when you you know cemented yourself as one of the best wrestlers in the world. And obviously, 2011 Meltzer called you the best wrestler of the year. So I mean, you had so many different accolades that kind of can be contributed to Ring of Honor. And I can't help but think mm-hmm. of Brian Danielson because his second to last match, which is epic match against you and you know you finally got the the win over him but what was it like in ring of honor wrestling brian danielson a guy like that because your styles meshed together so so greatly and i just thought it was an awesome way for you to kind of catapult yourself into superstar status by you know quote unquote beating him uh yeah yeah it was you know he was you know, one of the most giving people ever. You know, I mean, his his you know his giving you know was only matched by his talent. And um, you know, super super cool guy. Um, and uh, you know, it was just it was a really fun experience, man. You know, and you know, I knew he was leaving and going on to a, you know greener pastures, and it was really good to get to do that. You know, and he was you know one one to do his best to you know make me you know make me look good and, and make the match you know really memorable and obviously you know he succeeded in that so you know i could have been more grateful for the opportunity you've had so many epic matches in our ways i mean they could think of a bunch off the top of my head that people just need to go out and watch and they need to go out and see what you touched on a little bit before when you were talking about some injuries and eddie edwards and that awesome match at best in the world in 2011 you finally win the ring of honor world title what was that match like? And what was it like actually getting the Ring of Honor title, which is kind of a you know a great stamp on your career to say like, look, you know, boom, I'm one of the best in the world. Yeah, I uh, I just um, 
I, you know, I, I don't remember the match because I was knocked out, and I've never gone back and watched it, and I, I never will because I, I just don't want to see myself wrestling knocked out. Um, but, you know, as far as, like, winning the title, it was closure to a lot of personal issues. You know, I, I'd experienced quite a bit of, like, you know, trauma in my personal life as far as, like, death of family members while I was kind of chasing this wrestling thing. I, I didn't want them, you know, their death and a lot of that kind of stuff to be for nothing. And, you know, winning that title, which was really important to me, um, kind of validated, you know, the time that I spent away from, from them and things of that nature. So it was very... um it was very um, important to me to, uh, to 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 win that and kind of to have closure with a lot of things. So I'm you know, very, very, very happy about that. That match was great. Even though you were knocked out, I, I didn't, you know, you know, you mentioned it before and you just mentioned it again, but I didn't even realize that watching it because it's so damn good. You, you kind of can't yeah. really tell, which is which is definitely a that's how good Eddie, Eddie. That's how good Eddie Edwards is. I mean, you're talking about literally people carrying people. I mean, he literally, I mean, literally carried me. And then, again, you guys had, I think it was about 45, if I remember correctly, but like a 45-minute match. It was, it was very long, but it was awesome. It was you and Eddie again at Final Battle. What are your memories of uh, that epic encounter? Um, Dan Severn <laughs> just was weird, and he didn't want to be there, and no one, no one quite knew why he was there, and it was just kind of weird, and it was like, okay, like, I don't know. Just, I, mean, I mean, it was cool, I guess. I don't know. It was kind of weird, to be honest. With you. Well, like, what was his his goal of being there? Cause that is, I don't know. Not, I wouldn't say out of place, but a little, a little strange. Yeah, you know, get paid. You know, just yeah, dude. To be honest, man, I couldn't tell you if I had to. Um, <laughs> yeah, I, I really don't, man. Like it, that, that whole thing was just kind of like I didn't get it at all, and I don't think Eddie did either. And Dave don't even knew why I was there. So it was kind of like. Oh, okay. You know, I don't know. It, it was what it was, man. You know, you, you can't win them all, right? <laughs> True. Um, one match that really, I mean, Eddie Edwards, those matches are awesome. And uh, I actually, I enjoy going back and watching some of my ROH DVDs. But one match I constantly like to go back and watch, and i got to mention him again, Meltzer gave it five stars. It was you and Michael Elgin at the showdown in the sun. Just awesome match. From the start of the match to the finish, I mean, it was just insanity, and the crowd was going nuts, and and uh, Nigel and Kevin Kelly were going nuts. What are your memories of that awesome match? Um, it was good. It was um, yeah, it, it was it was a lot of fun, man. You know, I I knew Mike had wanted to wrestle me for a long time, and I don't think Mike had had that big big breakout match yet, and he was really hungry for. It. And you know, I'm always down to go out there and go all out. So. Um, you know, you had two hungry guys out there that really wanted to make a statement, you know, and, um, you know, Mike Elgin was just, I mean, I mean, he was, just, you know, he's Mike Elgin, man. He's awesome. So, uh, you know, everyone got to see that that night. And I'm glad I could be a part of it. So, uh, you know, I was very, very pleased with that and felt very, you know, honored to be a part of that match. And now Big Mike has uh, signed with New Japan. So hopefully big time matches yeah. for him to continue. You kind of, See, see that in him? Like, when you wrestled that awesome five-star match, you kind of see that in him? Like, man, this guy, he's going to be on, a, on an even bigger stage, and he's going to do a lot of big things? Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. No, I, I told him that. And I was like, look, man, like, you're – and he was down for a while because, you know, Japan wasn't calling, and I was like, you know, just – I was like, look, man, I'm telling you, just trust me, you're custom-made for New Japan. You you will get there. And, you know, sure enough, look what happened. 
a lot of people were saying he's very Scott Norton-esque, but, I mean, Norton was great. Obviously, he was a multi-time IWGP champ, but I think he's more athletic, and I think he somehow he might be a little bit freakishly stronger because I've never seen a guy, like, lift three people and just throw them around, you know, at one time before. Yeah, he is, and I've actually lifted weights with him before, too, so I can definitely attest to the fact that he is every bit as strong as he claims to be. He's he's just got that, you know, that God-given freakish strength, and he puts it to good use out there. Now, obviously, you know, you're the champ. You're the champ for, I believe it was 320 days or 320-plus days, almost a full year as champ. But the ROH crowd, I mean, I've been an ROH fan since the beginning, and they're very weird. Like, they wanted you to win the title. They're pushing you to win the title. But then, same thing happened to Samoa Joe. Same thing happened to uh, Brian Danielson. Whenever you're kind of that face and then you win the title, the crowd always kind of turns you heel or they want you to lose the title. Very strange, fickle crowd. I mean, they're great in some aspects. But you get that sense from the, the ROH faithful that, uh, you know, they were kind of turning your title run a little weird. Yeah, I mean, you know, and, and the mistake was mostly, you know, that I just didn't get to go perfectly healed because, you know, I was trying to mm-hmm. fight in a fight in a losing battle, you know, and I, yep. I definitely much prefer being a heel than I do a baby face. But, you know, yeah, I, I totally understand that, um, you know, because everyone likes the underdog and we're no longer the underdog anymore. You know, it's kind of back into the corner, and I totally understand that. So, it's, uh, you know, I, I wish I could have done, you know, finished off my run as a heel, but, you know, it, it is what it is. I'm thankful to have been champion. Yes, quite a memorable title run for sure. And obviously, the way it ended was memorable too because Kevin Steen went on to hold the title for quite a while and remained undefeated for a while. But obviously, Steen had to be you, and that was quite an elevation for him and his career. Did you kind of see where he was headed? Did you kind of think that WWE would come uh, crawling for him as well? Because he didn't seem like the prototypical WWE guy. Yeah, I mean, that was... um... You know, that just kind of shows you the foresight of, um, of Triple H. Because, yeah, you wouldn't think so off the um, – uh, you wouldn't think so, on, you know, just from, you know, judging the book by its cover. But, uh, boy, is he sure taking that ball and run with it. So good for him and good for Triple H of really, you know, and uh, and really, you know, really, um, on, on, you know, seeing past just, you know, a physique and seeing the performer within. And, you know, it's, I think that's a win for the wrestling business as a whole very weird in a way to see that and then obviously now he's the intercontinental champion so I was like wow uh, you know they they're changing their ways a bit like you said with the bodybuilding thing like they, oh they're going away from that they're going uh, you know a little bit into more athleticism and, and more it doesn't matter what you look like it's kind of what you can do in the ring and is that kind of where you think that wrestling should be headed more like that ring of honor way where it's like let the in-ring kind of uh, set the tone I, I think a good balance of both um, I think you can you can find a way to fuse, you know, that style and uh, and with you know, with the showmanship and of um athlete or and um and character stuff of, of the traditional WWE model. Um, so yeah, you know, I, I think a good balance is good. One of the cool things when you were in Ring of Honor is not really how you debuted. I know you feuded with Jimmy Rave a little bit when you kind of debuted. And you kind of just. It's kind of just like there, like, oh, this guy is great. Oh, what are they going to do with him next? But then they put you with Kenta, who also shockingly is in the WWE right now. Definitely one of the best wrestlers in the world. And at that point, he was just, he was unbelievable. Was it kind of cool being the quote-unquote American protege to a guy like Kenta? 
Yeah, that was really cool. I got to thank Gabe Spolsky uh, for giving me that, you know, big kind of, you know, uh, big shot of faith to kind of, you know, give me that, give me that opportunity. You know, it was definitely kind of a thing that gave me a lot of confidence, which is exactly what I needed at that point in time. And it was, uh, yeah, it definitely got me to the next level. So, you know, I got, yeah, that all credit goes to, you know, um, Gabe Sapolsky for that one. You guys had a great match at Fight of the Century. I was there live for that one. That was a great one. And another one that's super card of honor. What's it like wrestling a guy like that? Because, you know, you're going to give him a stiff kick and he's going to give you one right back. Yeah, I mean, it's a fight. You know I mean? It's, 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 it's a choreographed fight. Um, and it's also a lot of premeditated. But um, it's, it's a fight because everything we're throwing is 100% real. So, um, you know, and, you know, it's, brings out that kind of, you know, brings out the fight in you, that fight or flight type stuff. And I think that's when the magic happens because then it's 100% real and authentic. So, I, uh, you know, I, uh, I, I, I thoroughly enjoy that. That's, that's definitely my, right in my alley. So, you know, he could hang and I can hang and, you know, magic happened. Absolutely. And then they kind of do like a little bit of faction warfare. You're the, you know, the Nova Morse Corps with Roddy and, and Rocky Romero, who also you team with in New Japan Pro Wrestling. So, I mean, they did some cool stuff, but how did the American Wolves actually come about with you and Eddie actually forming the team? Were you guys friendly before Ring of Honor, or was this something that just happened while you're at Ring of Honor? We had done tours together in, in for Noah in Japan, and we'd always wanted to tag. Um, but, you know, at the time, it just didn't work out. What was, you know, you know <laughs> to quote a term, best for business. Um so we finally were on an independent show in Wolverhampton, England, and we got to tag up, and we just saw that we had, you know, a lot of chemistry, and we were thinking of a name, like, you know, we are British Bulldog fans, but, you know, we were two Americans in Wolverhampton, so came the American Wolves, and Adam Pierce actually gave us the, the green light to start tagging, and we got to thank him for that, and, um, you know, the, the, as they say, the rest is history. Now, do you owe a lot of your, I mean, you guys got a lot of great moves. You guys got a lot of chemistry. Do you kind of watch a lot of, uh, or did you at that point watch a lot of British Bulldogs to kind of get that chemistry? Uh, the chemistry was just always there. Um, it was the timing and the chemistry was always there. But, yeah, we've obviously, we study a lot of British Bulldogs, a lot of, a lot of Midnight Express, um, a lot of, like, the Rockers stuff. Um, so, you know, I mean, the homework's always being done. Um, but it's uh you know, it's kind of just one of those things where you know you either have that timing and that chemistry, or you don't. I mean, we we were, we were lucky enough that we definitely did. And you guys got to wrestle so many great tag teams. I mean, you just think of uh, all the great talent that they had at that point in Ring of Honor. I mean, it's literally insane. I mean, even not even just the tag team, even just think about the singles matches that you had. I mean, you had Nigel was there, Claudio was there. What was your thought process? Right. Well, while you were at Ring of Honor at that point, were you, were you thinking, like, this is where it's at? I mean, just look at this talent okay, level yeah. here? Yeah, absolutely. <clears throat> absolutely. That was that was a place I wanted to be in. You know, that was where you go to make your name, and <clears throat> I was, you know, I was extremely, extremely happy to be there. So, uh, you know, I was, um, I, I was, I was ready to go and do what it took to get where I needed to be there. I mean, you know, I'm glad I got the opportunity to do so. And then a guy who kind of flew under the radar for a bit, but then he obviously got signed by WWE, became the world champion, made event at WrestleMania and everything else. The guy, Tyler Black, a.k.a. Seth Rollins, you guys had a couple of great matches in Ring of Honor. Did you see the potential in him when, when you first saw him in Ring of Honor? Because he kind of flew under the radar for quite a bit there. 
Oh, yeah, he was one of those guys you just knew. It was like, man, he was on a level right off the bat, man. He's got everything, you know, could talk, you know, he could, could, could wrestle, could, you know, could just do it all, man. He was, yeah, really, really, really good, really talented, and just a great motivational person to be around. Um, you know, he's definitely one of those rare breeds that comes along in life. So, you know, good for him, man, just really living up to his potential. It's great to see. Definitely, and I can't help but think when I think of Ring of Honor that something they did something kind of funny, but kind of beneficial for Kyle O'Reilly and Bobby Fish. But they did that Red Dragon thing, where it's obviously you know kind of a little bit of a poke at you, and then they feuded with the, the American Wolves. What was that whole Red Dragon thing all about? And it is kind of a terrible tag team name, but also could be considered you know okay, I guess after you get used to it for a while. Uh, Red Dragon came about because Kyle's Canadian, and there's like this, and there's like this snowboard slash skateboard company that's really popular, especially in like the Vancouver, BC area where he's from, and they're called Red Dragon. Um, so he kind of he he uh, he, you know, um, didn't ask, but we'll just say borrowed the name. That's where the name actually came from. Um, but uh, yeah, no, I mean, I'm Red Dragon. That's a cool name, you know, and you know, and they, and, and they took it and ran with it. You know what I mean? So that's all that really matters. So you know that they they've been doing great, man. So good for them. Is he a bit of a protege for you? No, no, he's not. He's not a protege. He he is. Uh, he's he's a friend. He's a training partner, but he's not following my footsteps. He's definitely making his own path, and I'm extremely proud of him. Um, you know, he's he's not living in anyone's shadow. You know, so. He's uh he's doing his own thing, man, and you know he's one of my favorite wrestlers to uh, to watch. So really, really proud of him. It seems like the future stars in WWE right now, or or maybe the future stars in wrestling, even in TNA, a lot of them came from Ring of Honor. Do you kind of see the next guy coming from Ring of Honor? Do you see maybe Kyle O'Reilly is that next guy that you know is going to make it big? Oh, I mean, very well could. Very well could. Um, obviously, you never know, but, um, you know, I don't know what they're looking for. No one does but them, but um, I could definitely see that. could definitely, definitely, definitely see that. So I just, uh, you know, hope it, uh, hope it comes to pass, if that's what he wants. Right. Now, with you, obviously, parting of the ways with Ring of Honor, what is the current relationship like with, with ROH? Uh, fine. You know, we, we had our falling out. Um, we had our falling out, but, uh, you know, it's one of those things where, you know, we, we, we you know, you know, I, I have zero problems with them. Wish them all the best. I think your product's awesome. Uh, got no problem with them. So, you know, and, you know, I have not spoken to Hunter, you know, but, uh, everyone else I've talked to in the office from Joe Koff to, you know, to all the other guys in the office and, you know, got, you know, everyone gets along. Everyone's really cool. So, you know, I just, you know, it's, it was a problem. It's just in, it's in Hunter's hands, not mine. But, uh, you know, I wish him nothing but the best and, you know, good people down there. Yeah, that was kind of a weird, like, situation there. He was saying, I guess, you were being unprofessional and, you know, you were kind of upset at them. What was, the, what was like, the real heat stemming from down there? Him kind of being, I wouldn't want to say an inexperienced booker, but him kind of being a little bit of a, of a, a novice and you kind of, um, I don't know, you kind of just, Standing your ground? Uh, no, I mean I, I, don't, I don't, I don't, I don't. I just think, uh, you know, I think at times I was unprofessional. You know, I had, I had a real kind of fu type attitude, you know, towards towards the wrestling business. I was definitely extremely burnt out, 
Um, so I, I mean, they're justified in saying, you know, that I was, uh, you know, un, un, unprofessional at times, you know. Um, <clears throat> um, but, uh, but at the same time, you know, I, I felt like, you know, he he was disrespectful to me at times. You know, what I mean, it all comes down to a matter of opinions. You know, what I mean, and it's all in the past. So, you know, it's just one of those things where I just. Uh, you know, we kind of, we, 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 just, we just went our separate ways, you know what I mean? You know, I think that's the best thing for us, you know what I mean? And, you know, they have their thing and I have mine and, you know, wish them all the best and hopefully they wish me the best. And, you know, it's just kind of one of those things that you just kind of, you kind of move forward, you know, because the relationship turned toxic and it's better for both of us so we don't work together. And, you know, maybe somewhere down the road in the future, but, you know, for, at that time at least, it was it was definitely best we, we parted ways. Hmm. I feel you on that. And uh, as I start to wind it down a bit here, I, I always wanted to be curious of a guy, of, of his answer on this question, because you've wrestled so many good guys, and you've had so many epic matches, and, you know, five-star matches, and just matches that you got to go back and watch the DVDs again. Or if you, you know, you hit the DVR, you do whatever you do, you got to tape the Davy Richards match, and then you got to rewatch it. And it's happened numerous times to me, but I'm very curious. Do you have a favorite match or maybe matches you've had in your career? Um, the match with Kota Ibushi in New Japan Best of Super Juniors, um, definitely the match with Mike Elgin, um, the match with Tyler Black, the match with Kenta. Um, those were, like, really big matches for me. I mean, all the matches we talked about, the ones with Brian Danielson, and even all the tags in TNA. Um, um, I um, I'm proud of all those matches. You know, um, I mean, and there's been a million more. I love my match in AEW versus um, Sammy Callahan. Uh, I mean, it, it's hard to just narrow these things down. There's been so many fun. So all the matches I had with Kyle were always fun. You know, I have I've had some really funny comedy matches with uh, with Tony Casino that I always have a you know a blast. You know, and and uh. But you know, I mean, it's you know, I'm I'm just enjoying it. at this point in that career, man. Like, I just I'm just having fun being out there, man. You know, I have something else outside of wrestling that allows me not to stress about it too much, and I can just enjoy it for what it is. And I'm really out there just because I'm enjoying it. and That's the best feeling in the world, you know. Like, it's it's really you know, it's really nice to 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 hear you know Eddie say. I could tell like you know you you seem a lot lighter in life, and you see like you're having a lot of fun out there because in some very dark places, you know both within and without a, uh, inside and outside of wrestling for a long time. And now I'm just, you know, having just a, a whole, a ton of fun. You know what I mean? Um, so, yeah, you know, they're, they're, at this point, they're kind of all my favorite matches, man, because I'm having a blast. I mean, well, except when I blow my ACL. If we could avoid that, it'd probably be good. But other than that, <laughs> and, uh, I'm, I'm having a blast, man. And I can't help but think of uh, Evolve 1, the first ever show under Gabe Sapolsky against Kota Ibushi. Again, another great match that uh, fans should definitely want to see, aside from your great Super Juniors match, which was real cool. And then there was a match, I believe it was Dragon USA. I think the show was untouchable, but it was awesome. It was you against Shingo. It was another match I would highly suggest the fans out there go go and see, because that was great. Yeah, Yeah, that was a good one. Now, just very curious, I mean, we, you named a bunch of great wrestlers that, you, you know, great matches, but do you have a favorite opponent or, or opponents that you really like to work like your favorite guy, the, the best chemistry you have? I know you said Eddie is your hardest match, you know, because you, you guys get very intense, but do you have a favorite opponent? 
Uh, Mike Elgin's always fun. Kyle O'Reilly. Um, love wrestling Sammy Callahan. Um, uh, love wrestling Abyss. Um, you know, love love wrestling Austin Aries. Um, I mean, the list just goes on and on. Bobby Roode's great. Um, yeah, I mean, it was everyone, man. I mean, like, you know, I love wrestling Loki, love wrestling Samoa Joe, love wrestling, I, I love, you know, love wrestling Bram, you know, I mean, it's, I've, I've had fun wrestling all these guys, you know, they're all, they're all great guys, and, you know, I've been very, I've been very, very blessed to, uh, you know, to get in the ring with such, such talented dudes, man, it's been, it's been a lot of fun. Definitely, and. I forgot to mention this before, but uh, you had a couple of series of matches, that, you know, quote unquote Finn Balor in WWE right now, that definitely stand out as well. And even a guy like Kenny Omega. I mean, you had a bunch of really good matches yeah. in New Japan Pro Wrestling. Yeah, both those guys. I mean, yeah, it, it, so I'm saying I hate I hate when I get asked these questions. I'm always going to leave someone out. But like, yeah, the two more right? It's Kenny Omega and Prince Devi. You know, like just absolutely freaking amazing talents. You know, I mean, I was. That I was, you know, got the opportunity to, to to wrestle. So, but you know, and for those two I name, I'm forgetting five more. So, you know, it's, right. It's just, you know, they, they've all been great. I know you love Japan, and you kind of said you wanted to be able to portal yourself into Japan somehow instead of taking a 14 hour or what you know, 14 hour plus flight over there. But what was your yeah. experience like with New Japan? Is that kind of like you know you wish you could stay there if possible? Yeah, I mean, yeah, I, I loved it over there. I, I loved wrestling over there. It was just a travel, and, and, and I, their schedule I was over there so much that I just can't. I just, you know, it, it was preventing me from like going to school. And I have like, you know, it's, it's if, if you don't understand it, you don't understand it. But it, it, I kind of felt like I had a calling and like the medical, you know, stuff. I wanted to help people. I wanted to save lives. I wanted to do, you know, put good into the world. So, you know, my wrestling Japan was great. I felt like there there was something else missing in my life and you know, medicine and, and doing what I do now, it was definitely part of that. So I kind of had to choose at that time one or the other. You know, I'm happy with the decision I made. Traveling was just completely burning me out anyway. So wouldn't mind going back. But, okay, can, I wouldn't mind going back, but I can never go, you know, back full time again. <laughs> that damn near killed me. <laughs> and, you know, we've talked about all the guys that you wrestle. I mean, we mentioned uh, – Kelly AJ Styles, or you know, we just said Kenny Omega and Devin. I mean, Loki, Smojo, There's a million guys. Is there a dream match out there of a guy you've never wrestled that you would, would love to wrestle? Uh, you know, there's there's a lot of good guys, man. I mean, it's, like I said, once again, I'm going to name two, and then I'm you know <clears throat> that uh, I'm going to forget, you know, five more. But I always wanted to wrestle Nakamura. Um, I always wanted to wrestle him. You know, I, I got to wrestle Tanahashi one on one. That was fun of a. Nakamura would have been, you know, just someone I really I love his style. Um, I now that Sakuraba is doing pro wrestling, just from a nostalgia standpoint, it would be so much fun. Um, they like Shibata from New Japan. Uh, those guys, those would be the ones I definitely want to wrestle at this point. Sakuraba, he's the man. Yeah, yeah definitely. definitely. Now before before we wrap it up, and yes, I uh, I am still here. We'd like to congratulate you. On the uh, the incoming birth of your son, and I can uh, definitely uh, sympathize slash uh, you know be very happy for you because I just also had a child uh, as well, number two. Congratulations! But that's, thank you very much. That's besides the point. So that's why uh, you know running back and forth. But before we let you go, 
I just want to, this is how I like to end it. We usually ask for the legacy, but for somebody like you who's so entrenched in the middle of your career and you do so many things that it's just, it's unbelievable that wrestling is just such a, a part of your life, but you do so many great things on the side. Where do you see yourself in five years? Is it still wrestling? Is it pursuing becoming a doctor? What do you want to do in five years? I, yeah, I want to. I want to do everything. I, I want to wrestle. I want to be a doctor. I want to be a paramedic. I want to be a firefighter. Um, I want to be a dad. I want to be a husband. Uh, I want to train people. Uh, I want to be a black belt in jujitsu. I want to do everything. You know, I, I don't. No one has the right to tell me I can't do something. You know, and I've definitely came from nothing in life, so I know what nothing feels like. So I'm really shooting for, I really like to know what it feels like to, you know, to have everything. So um, five years, I like to see myself doing everything. Can't, uh, you definitely can't uh, argue with that, to say the least. But before we let you go, please share with the listeners of the Two Man Power Trip Wrestling, your fans, and everybody else, where they can find you and get the latest on your recovery, and and be with you pretty much every step of the way. Uh, my Twitter, you know, at Richards Wesley is where I post a lot of stuff. Uh, I have made it my personal mission. I will actually start using this damn Instagram thing. Um, and I'm, uh, <laughs> uh, Davey, Davey, what am I? I don't know what I'm on there. Like, like Davey Richards, oh, Davey Richards underscore 83. So I am going to start using that, and I'm going to, Start. Um, I'm gonna start just really posting a lot of stuff as far as like my my my, my you know road to recovery and some unique training stuff and um you know I really want to you know come back better than ever and and really go back to my roots more as far as like you know like kind of more shoot style wrestling so uh, there will be a lot a lot of content on there we've actually filmed a lot we just you know have to kind of wait till things play out uh, for me to start posting it you know for the world to see but there definitely will be a lot so. At Richards Wesley on Twitter, uh, Davy Richards underscore eighty three on Instagram, and uh, yeah, man, that's uh, and then you know every Tuesday night on Pop TV for Impact Wrestling, and usually coming to a town near you, I try to stay busy when when I'm in working shape. So yeah, that's it. No, that's uh, can't argue with that, and of course, you know uh, once that little wolf enters the world, I'm sure. Uh, you know, you can share with them some of those uh, Hulk Hogan, Paul Orndorff stories that I'm sure you heard many times during the uh, the old training oh, there. Yeah. <laughs> but oh, this yeah. is where uh, this is where I'll cut the interview. Uh, I want-